the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, new week, same kind of stuff on Monday. Going to bring you up to date on what's going on. And uh, to do that, I had to invite uh, Deanna McCormick to join us today. She's going to talk about what's coming up as far as uh, Broadway is concerned here in Little Rock. And uh, it's been a while since she's joined us when she looked at me and said, I haven't seen you now with your shaved head. So I, do you like what I, how, I, like I look it. now? I like it. My husband's shaves his head so. does he too yes sir all right well tell him that i use what is it is it called harry's razor is that that's what i use a harry's razor okay and uh, it does a really really good job i used to have this thing that looked like a a little race car it's just, yeah yes. that i would use but that was a hassle okay so we want to get everybody we're getting we're getting the uh thing set up so that you'll be on facebook live so everybody can see on facebook as well okay. Now you just you just blew her, blew her mind because she's sitting here going, <laughs> I, you didn't tell me we were going to be on TV. Not on TV, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> and, and on 101.1 FM. So uh, we're we're all over the place anymore. you got to do it that way anymore. Dana. I you understand. Know, you I do the same thing in your business. That's true. You got special little segments to put on Facebook and things? We did actually even last week um, the, in Tulsa when Jimmy Buffett was there. He taped a shout out for our Facebook Cool. Very good. Um, Because the show's coming to town. All right. So you're excited, I can tell. Uh, It's a really good season. We're very, very excited. It looks really family friendly, too. It's very family friendly. The the wildest one would probably be Waitress a little bit. It's very contemporary, but... Mm -hmm. Other than that, I mean, Cats is the perfect introduction oh, for God, any it's a great show, and Wicked is a great story, and it's got a good friendship message. Uh, speaking say. speaking about uh, Cats, is is Memories one of the greatest songs ever written in, for Broadway? I think so. Don't you? I think everybody knows it. <laughs> it is a beautiful song, and it has um, longevity, and it's very strong and. When did that break on on Broadway? Do you it remember? It was in the early eighties. Wow! So, um, and it's um, this has been retooled and reimagined a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They've tweaked it a bit. The choreographer from Hamilton has re choreographed a bunch of the numbers. No, that'd be fun. So, um, it's getting rave reviews. On okay, tour. well, I'm going to have to go see that again. I I haven't seen it forever. That's true. But it I been mean, here forever. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been here, but it hasn't been a lot of places forever, and it's. It's one of those shows that's really, really good. It is. It is very, very good. Well, let's see. It's got that guy, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. He yeah. did write those songs. Yes. <laughs> Does he still do Starlight Express anyway? I don't know. It's a very expensive show to tour. I love the show. It's such a good performance. Um, but the last I heard, it was in the West End, but I don't think it may still be there. Okay. All right. So, so. when you guys sat down and started talking about this season upcoming, yes, sir. what was the overriding consideration we just want to bring shows that um families in little rock would want to see that's what that's always our consideration something they would sometimes we try to do a mix something that would pique their interest to be a little bit different uh-huh. something they would absolutely enjoy well that would be waitress 
All right, exactly. that's kind of a little bit White different. Chisel, and uh, the play that went wrong, the play, play that goes wrong. Um, it won a Tony Award. It's a comedy. It's hilarious. I saw it this spring. And it's a good way to introduce people to see a show that's not a musical. Oh, that's good. So, so you, most of what you do is musical. For the most part, yes. It's a, it's a, musicals are usually a good bridge because it's not completely like a symphonic performance or a ballet or just straight theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, music is like the universal language of love. And so everyone can get into a show we had the sound of music here over memorial day we 95 uh, capacity on a holiday weekend it was it's such a great show come on it's I mean, a fantastic it's show. been around forever but it's a great great show it is a great show the the woman who played our mother abbas her voice was she was born to play that role let's put it that way oh, she okay was that good she's perfect huh yes <laughs> and that's good so as you as you looked at what you had out there I mean, were these the shows that you were seeing that was ready to go out on uh, Well, we've actually been working on this for more than just a year. It's been several years. Um, What you do is um, we are a presenter, and so we have five different cities. Mm -hmm. And we try to see if there's any way we can route the shows between any of those cities. And it also depends on what's on the road and then what dates are available in the hall. So you just have a whole list, and you start looking and trying to see it's – Almost like a puzzle. So do you got like together. a war room that you guys sit down in and get a big a white room, a white <laughs> board on the on the like on it's the wall? It's not a light board, but you have to see what dates are available, and you just start. Well, this one, I mean, Wicked hasn't been here for over six years, almost seven. So it's a it was time for it to come back, and right? Just, you go and find out what can work. So okay, so let's let's talk about you got cats coming. Well, yes, sir. I'll tell you instead of starting with cats, let's let you. Tell us what's coming and when. How's that? Okay. We opened the season in November with Jimmy Buffett's Escaped Margaritaville. And okay. it was on uh, Broadway last year. It's fun. If you like the type of show that's like a Mamma Mia, that's just like a sing-along where you know all the songs and it's fun and it makes you feel good, this is the show for well, you. Well, look at how big of a crowd they drew here. Oh, he was packed. It was absolutely packed. It was so a great gonna, show. If, if all of those people come to see the exactly. show, you're going to be sold out every night. Yes. Uh, the funnest part about this so far is we've noticed that um, they the marketing materials say they'll knock your flip-flops off. and <laughs> So it, it is a fun show. It's filled with the songs you know, Volcano and Cheeseburger in Paradise, all that type of fun songs. It's, I think it's the kind that you'd stand up and dance in the aisles. Okay. All right, and that starts November That's what? That's November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's wow, right out of the November. box. Then. Yes, that'll okay. be early. Our second show is Wicked. It'll be our big blockbuster. Okay. And again, it hasn't been here for six years, over six Has years. Has it been that long? Uh, fall of 2013. Wow, I remember yes. going to see it when it was here the last time. It's a gorgeous show. Yes, it um, is. It'll be here in January, the 1st through the 19th. The big difference is it'll be here for three weeks, just like Lion King was. Ooh. So we had such an amazing turnout for Lion King. Um, we're anticipating it'll be the same for Wicked. So okay, now the new venue. How about this? Pre- yeah, this presentation of Wicked will it be a little bit different since they've got more room to work with? It shouldn't be uh, much different, but. Um, it should load in better, and it'll fit the stage a little bit better. You'll still have the dragon above and all okay. that. Okay. All the good and stuff. And Glinda will still fly on her bubble. Okay. <laughs> Got to like all that stuff. Exactly. It oh, is a gorgeous, good. gorgeous show. And, I mean, you know the story of the Wizard of Oz. It just kind of flips the story from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And you never know why someone is the way they are. And so it's a great show. Um, I think Haven saw it for the first time when she was three. 
Okay. Believe it or not. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, so my girls can sing every song. So she'll be ready to go see it again then. She's very excited to see it again because she hasn't seen it since, for six years. So okay. she's now a teenager, so it'll be a whole different wow. show for her. It'll be a lot of fun. It's then. a different show. Good time. Um, in February, we have Waitress, which some people may not be familiar with. Yeah, tell us a little bit about this. Do you know Sarah Bareilles? I do not. Okay, she is a very um, popular singer, and she wrote the music for Waitress. It's based on the movie, and it is a, a story about a lady's life who works in a diner, and her marriage has gone all wrong, and she takes all of her emotions and all her circumstances and makes these amazing pies. And so it might be she might bake one day the key lime pie to happiness. Yes. And so that would make that, me smile. That kind of stuff. And so it goes through the story and how she starts her life anew. Okay, who start? That was a movie, was it not? It was the movie. I don't know who was in the movie, but Sarah Bareilles I'm wrote the music for it. And it's a really good feel good. Still on Broadway. People eat it up. Okay, so while you're while you're talking about this, I am going to look into my brain here and see what I can come up with because I know that was a that was a movie that'd be well. It was. It's made so that it will be able to do what it does on stage. No doubt about it. Okay, so waitress. I'm trying to. There it is. Carrie Russell. Two thousand seven. Seven. Okay. Jenna is a pregnant, unhappily married waitress in the deep south. <laughs> she meets a newcomer to her town and falls into an unlikely relationship as a last attempt. At happiness. Yes. That sounds that, like fun. The, the relationship doesn't create the happiness. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's just a little bit of a circle to get around to the right answer, if that makes sense. You know, that was one of the final movies that Andy Griffith did. No. Yeah. He must have been the old curmudgeon. Old Joe. Old Joe. That's there exactly. you go. Okay. <laughs> that kind of sets it all up. Okay, so if you've seen the movie, then you're going to want to see it on, on, on yes, stage. and the songs are great. She, um, Sarah Barella, she wrote uh, the song Love Story and Brave, so mm-hmm. if you're familiar with those, it's a, it's a really good, um, fun songs, fun songs. Okay. Um, March is the one that no one knows about. It's called The Play That Goes Wrong. And I yeah, had I've good, never heard of it. Um, I had, was fortunate to see it in Tulsa this past spring. It is hilarious. It won the Tony for Best Play a couple of years ago, and it is slapstick fun, a make-believe theater company is putting on a production and every possible thing that could go wrong with a play does. goes wrong okay so now okay so now is this american humor or is it a british production it is more british yeah i was going to say they're, they're t- typically they're the ones that do this type of thing it is very um it's a lot a lot of falling a lot it is but you will laugh your head off oh, it's very um interactive with the audience and people enjoy it could they break the fourth wall then huh they break the fourth wall quite often <laughs> no good that's going to be fun then so yes it's very engaging it'll be a good time okay. it'll be here in march and then we close in june with cats yeah that's a, you you know you open them with big stuff or you're closing with big stuff and the idea is you bring a couple things that they know and some things that are a little different and bring them all in so and, you, and you're saying cats has been the, the choreography is different now not completely but they it has been revamped and they've done some of the staging revamp but you still have all the cats it's gorgeous and people are raving it even people who used to not like cats they're liking it a little bit how better, could so. you know ne- how could you not like cats well i think it's just cat people who if they're not a cat person no okay <laughs> well if you can sing i the love songs, the music can, to it though 
uh, the dancing are, is phenomenal. I mean, the performers, they become cats on stage, and it is totally mesmerizing. And so you go to a different place. So. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't you love to watch the choreography being taught to the dancers for that yes, show? I think it would be fun. You know, get in touch with your inner cat. That's so true. Say, hey. um, I was showing a friend last night because we were watching the Tonys. Um, I have a book that's uh, a TSLA, a book of Practical Cats, mm-hmm. and it's autographed by the final tour. Oh, wow. And of all the different performers who played all the cats. And it's pretty fun to have. i got to ask you a question. A show that was on AMC just a few months ago. Did you watch Fosse and Vernon? No, I want to. Now school's out. That's one of our projects this summer. We're going to try to watch it. It's a it great show. That's what I would like to see. It, it is really a great show. I saw the trailers and I wanted to see it, but we had too much homework. So well, I can understand this summer. that. That's the summer gig for us. All right. Well, let's get a break in. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can see all these shows. They'll all be playing over to Robinson, the revamped Robinson. How long has it now been revamped? Two years? Uh, We reopened in 2016. It'll be three years in November. Three years now. Okay. So we'll talk about, because a lot of these shows that are coming in, they're going to be bigger and better than ever now. They're absolutely gorgeous. And just the, the acoustics will make the shows better. Yes, very much so. All right. A break, and then we're back. Dan McCormick is our guest. She'll stay with us for a little while. I'll keep throwing questions at her she's not expecting here on the dave ellswick show on the dave ellswick show all right we're back we're back okay. i'm sitting there just blowing Deanna away yeah i forget what the name is somebody can help me here somebody help me out here over in panama uh, city uh, panama beach uh, what's the name of the restaurant that and you go in the, all the walls every place you can see the ceiling the walls you know everything but the floor is covered in money. There's thousands of dollars. I, I talked to the owner, and he told me it's thousands upon thousands of dollars, but every year they have to declare that on their taxes. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they hit them with it every year. Somebody help me out. I hear it's still open. I hear it's okay. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, 823-0965. Give me a call. <laughs> let me know. Just remind me the name of it because I can't think of it. Because I love eating Panama Beach. I was just asked where I'm going for my uh, vacation. We're going for a week there. That's where we're going to do to do that. Nope, nope. McGuire's. McGuire's. Okay. That's Someday we'll it. have to make it over there and look at it. And I know, I know that's right because my buddy that I go with, his wife and I and others of his family, we all end up the same spot <laughs> okay you know i started this la- it's a yearly thing that was started last year how's that one for you it's it's a new thing but i'm i like it i like it's a it a lot one. well it's great to sit on the gulf under an umbrella mm-hmm. and just sit there i forgot how good that was I, <laughs> I used to love that when i was stationed on guam i used to go down to taragi beach and i'd work midnights and then i'd leave for midnight and i'd go down to the beach and hang out and then about Four o'clock, head back to the barracks and hit the rack and get up at about nine o'clock and head over for work. Tough be a life. long day. Tough life. <laughs> it's a tough life, but somebody's got to do it. And I was the one who would definitely do it. Had no problem with it at all. All right. So uh, go ahead and, and talk more about this year. First of all, why don't you tell people how they go about getting their tickets? Well, there's basically three different ways you can go. You can call our office, the 501-244-8800, to order tickets. 
You could go in person to the box office at Robinson. We're there Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 5.30 every day. Plus, if you're in town for Miss Arkansas and you're watching, you can go to the box office and get season tickets there. Or you can always go online at CelebrityAttractions.com, and there you can fill out a form. And then one of our box office staff members will call you back and help you figure out where you want to sit. This is one of the most... I got to tell you what, cost-effective ways of being entertained. It is not expensive. It's not expensive. I mean, you look at um, you might look at it and says the top price is like four forty six, but the least expensive is one fifty six. You get five shows for that price. But that evening out, go you park. get five shows for under five hundred bucks. You can only do one show on Broadway for five hundred bucks. I know. So we're excited. Yeah, it's incredible. We think it's a great deal. We love the venue. Um, we try to educate people to try new spots in the hall because Haven and I both, we like um, the Grand Tier. We love the Grand Tier, the front mm-hmm. of it. It's our favorite spot in the entire venue. And so once people try them, they say, hey, I like this better. Or they like to be closer to an aisle in this part. Or they want to be smack dab in the center. That's probably you know? the most difficult part from it being open is determining you had your other favorite spot before. Exactly, it's different. Now, now it's different. It is different. Okay, so where's the best place to be? You know, mm-hmm. orchestra is awesome. I mean, oh, it's great. It's lower than it used to be. A lot. It is. Lower. They dropped it. The stage went down twenty five, or I'm sorry, excuse me, thirty five feet. Think about that. That's almost three stories. Mm-hmm. It's um, amazing what they did. Difference. The old entrance that it's always it's humorous and it's sad too. I guess. All these people will come up the grand staircase outside, uh-huh. expecting to walk into the orchestra. Right, and they're walking into the grand tier, and they have to go down two stories to go down. That's amazing. It, so. it was. I was. Look, I wasn't one of the people who were big supporters of what they wanted to do. I think you know that. You may remember that. But they did a wonderful job. They did. Came on. Came back under budget and on time and i think they did a phenomenal job which is very tough to do when the government is involved that's true that's <laughs> very saying. very true so i had i had my druthers about that but it's still it is really beautiful it is um, we're very very blessed to have it and we're enjoying it the symphony enjoys it um and lots of shows who would normally come. They're now coming to Little Rock. So, so do, the, do the people? Did the people fight for the uh, the balconies on the side? The box seats. Yes, yes those are pretty <laughs> much. Um, people love those seats. Um, some of them are owned by private box holders, but if they right. don't use their seats, then they're released to the public for sale. And when they're open, they go pretty quickly. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you. Do, do they get, do they sit up there with their little binoculars? Uh, some people do. Some people use those in the upper tier too. So. I, I just some of that just makes me laugh it is some people just like that it's some some people like it because it, you can be seen there sure um some like the proximity the to the stage though you're really really close right to the stage and some folks love the ease because you come in on street level for the grand tier boxes you can walk literally almost from broadway straight into that box and you're in and out in a split second. No, so, so you're not fighting all You're not the fighting people. crowds. You can get in very easily in and out of your seats. So you know, It's nice down there. I mean, it's it's not like it used to be. You used to be, you had to stand in line for a long time to get something to drink or whatever. No, That's not the case anymore. It's that, fantastic no. for that. Yes. They really thought that this all through. Did they come to you and talk to you guys um, about it? They met with um, all the main residents, and we talked about this is what we would like, and this is what we would like, and they did their best to work it out for everyone. So what was the number one thing you guys, bigger proscenium and 
we needed to be um, able to fly. It was actually his scenery. loading dock and bathrooms would probably be the best. Oh, okay. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Because our old loading dock that would open onto Broadway and we'd right. have to close traffic. I remember that. And with the elevator, you'd have to stop and unload it, go up to the stage, and then unload and come back and lower the elevator again to put another load on. So now you can have two trucks at one time underneath, behind a little harp, no elevator, which is good. And, of course, the restrooms. There are three times the bathrooms that we did have it. And just remember that now that they've redone it, they got to bring in the Lion King. We brought the Lion King and Phantom. Yeah, and Phantom. Couldn't bring out one in until that moment. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk further about tickets and all of that because I would be remiss if I didn't do that with Deanna here. All right, Russ, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. In a half an hour, first pitch, Ole Miss, Arkansas, game three of the Super Regional. Try to keep up on the score for us, would you? Ole Miss and Arkansas? Yeah. So it is. So it's a rubber match. It is a rubber match. Whoever wins today goes to the World Series in Omaha. And you know as well as I do, the Razorbacks want to go back because they feel like redemption. Yes, they feel like they let that one get away last year, which they did. Feel like they let it get away? Yeah, they did let it get away. There's no doubt about it. When nobody calls, three guys fell asleep at first base. No, they all they all did the one thing that you never do in baseball. They teach it to you from the very beginning, and that call it, call it. Somebody calls the ball and. Because that happened. Did you see that happen in the first inning to uh, Ole Miss when uh, yesterday, even though we lost, there was that pop up, high pop up in the infield, and the second and first baseman's kind of looking at each other, and it fell right between them. Guy got extra out. We get an extra out, and the guy hit the two run homer. First inning. Didn't make any difference, but still lost. <laughs> but the bottom line, he had two run homer. Hey, don't forget about Sunday's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Call them, 982-7451. 982-7451. Why buy new parts? Why take a uh, car payment when you can fix the car that you have? Cost you, you know, a whole lot less. Get yourself your standard warranties of one, two, or three years. Get a lot more mileage out of that car and uh, move on to something newer if you have to later on. Save some money. Go to Sonny's Auto Salvage the way I've done it as well. 982-7451. That's 982-7451. Deanna McCormick is here. We gave you, and we'll give it before we finish up this half hour, all the shows that are coming, plus she's going to sneak up in a couple of ones that she hasn't even mentioned yet. Let's talk about getting the tickets, uh, Deanna. How's the best way? Season tickets always the best way. Season tickets are definitely the best way because you, number one, you get the you can get the same seats for every show. You get to know all your neighbors. So, say for instance, you go and you sit down, you'll sit by the same people every single show so you have the same seats same place you get the best prices you get certain benefits for example you get to hear about special add-on productions before anyone else and you get to buy those tickets before general public for example this year we're bringing i can't even tell you the last time we even had but we have stomp coming back stomp's coming stomp's coming back for three performances next april so our subscribers will be the first ones to do that um right now we already have i think over 33 3400 subscribers that's we very start good. Going from renewals, and yeah, so, um, that's across four shows, and there are only three shows of Stomp. So you'd probably want to subscribe if yeah, you want to get see it Stomp. now. 
Yeah, no. And then we also have Bandstand. Okay, which now, is based on, of course, American Bandstand. Okay. And, and the music of that era. It's only for one night only, and it'll be a oh, fun, wow. fun show. Okay, so that's going to be probably late 50s or early 60s yes. music. Okay. So it'll be a good feel good. So those are some of the benefits. We also try to email all of our subscribers about other patrons first, um, other events. Um, we do special pre-sales like when Fluffy came to town or it might be Allison Krauss or things like that. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, you get special – we're working on some additional benefits too. Let's okay. That so well, that's always, that's always good. a good thing. Okay, these are your ideas. I know she's good um, about the one, additional benefits. Um, what I like, and a lot of people take advantage of, we can exchange. Normally, if you have, like, if you bought your tickets through Ticketmaster, you can't exchange your your tickets for a different show. Mm-hmm. Subscribers have that privilege. So, say for instance, you buy, you don't know your whole schedule, so you choose all Saturday nights, and then you find out that you want to go to a Razorback game. I guess during Wicked, right? Um, subscriber can call the box office and say, "I have tickets for Saturday night. Can I exchange for another performance?" Well, that makes sense. So yes, you know, if you got somebody who's buying tickets for every show, you want to go out of your way to keep that person exactly. happy for sure. Mm-hmm. That just makes that just makes really sense. Okay, so. How do you go about paying? You can pay it by credit card. You can pay it by cash. You can um, cash, a check, credit card, American Express. Just not American Express. We have Visa, MasterCard, and Discover. Okay. And uh, you can do that over the phone. You can go in person and pay in cash, whatever works best for you. Okay. And the number is? Um, Celebrity Attractions. It's 244-8800 or CelebrityAttractions.com. You've had that number forever. We have. We have. You really have. (laughs) I remember saying that number over and over and over again for people to remember. All right, so you, you know you want to go ahead and call and get your tickets now because as you get closer to the end of the summer, your where you want to sit will be determined by what tickets are still left. Yeah, exactly, yes, sir. Keep that in mind. And they've done very, very well. They're very there's just like a handful of seats left in that VIP premium orchestra section. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you as early as possible, but. Always be willing to try something new. I mean, we would love for pe- more people to like the upper tier. Um, it's a great spot. Uh, you have a great view of the stage, especially for dance shows and Wicked and things like that. Is the upper tier like the mezzanine? Would that, is that- uh, no, sir. It's farther up than that. But oh, okay. it is, um, the way the hall is laid out, there's about 2,200 seats, okay. roughly. And uh, roughly a th- um, close to 1,000 are down on the floor. Mm-hmm. And the the remaining are divided between the grand tier and the upper tier. Okay. So the upper tier is more like a balcony. It's a All little right. bit steeper step, but the front portion of that is a phenomenal place to see a show. Yeah, and you can lean over and mm-hmm. look at the people down below you even. That's true. You can. <laughs> That's always a fun part <laughs> of the of the whole thing. All right. So uh, tickets are on sale now. now. Yes. All right. And you can get it all set up and ready to go. Our, the box office, was they're there to help you out. So Okay, now season tickets. If you want to buy specific tickets to specific shows, do you have to wait for those? You do have to wait for those. Um, individual tickets would go on sale usually um, six to eight weeks before. Um, Wicked will probably go on sale earlier than that, but we have not s- scheduled that firm date. But why but take you know. the chance? Exactly. That, that's what... It's great about having your your whole season set out in front of you. It is great. It is a great, th- and we think it's a great season. You have these nationally touring shows; they're big and beautiful, and uh, a lot of folks will buy a pair and have it as a date night for the whole season. And then That's for a cool. show like Wicked or for Cats, they'll go and say, "Hey, I'm bringing the whole family to that show, so let's get five or 
six tickets bring all the kids and their friends to that show or for cats or things like that and that's a great way of doing it too so you have like a designated date night five times a year that keeps marriages together guys i'm just telling you it does (laughs) i'm just telling you it's a special thing you know you can buy all these tickets like this and then spring it on her you know, a few weeks before the season gets underway. I got tickets for the whole thing. Yeah. It could be do that. Um, we have a lot of friends, a lot of subscribers. They It's like a daddy-daughter date. And oh, the dads nice. come with their daughter. Or it could be a mom and daughter date or two sisters. But it's a good time for friends or a couple. I mean, just so it's a good set-aside time that you go and spend and enjoy an experience together. I will say this much. Taking your kids to the theater is a great thing to do it's a wonderful thing to do it it really really is do do you remember the first theatric performance that you saw i saw a a local production of camelot in um, jonesboro arkansas okay and i fell in love with it immediately i (laughs) I was at uh i went to uh was it stuber in chicago i just can't remember the name of the theater now but I saw Anthony Newley and Juliet Prouse and Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. My brother took me to see that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I still remember it to this day. Oh, oh yes. Um, my first tour was The King and I with um, Yul, Yul Brenner. Brenner. Yes. Wow, he was out there doing it, huh? He was. That's very cool. I remember. He's the man who made it famous. He is the man who made it famous. It's a beautiful show. It's a great story, too. Yeah. And that's part of the heart of most anything. Everybody wants to be a part of a good story. All right. Whether they make their own or see one. And so. Okay. So I'm going to finish up by just asking you this question for my listeners. Explain to them. You guys look two, three years out. Yes, sir. All right. Explain how that all works. What shows do you see? Do you go see all the shows before you bring them in? How we does try. it work? When it's available. Yes. We try to see almost every show. Like I've, um, someone from our office has seen every show that is coming at some point whether on broadway or on tour sometimes the shows are new and they have not been seen as Mm -hmm. of yet so that's some on occasion you cannot see the show but most of the time we get to see that okay um our um we actually have two tony voters in our office and so literally we have a couple of um folks that go to new york multiple times in the year because they have to see every single play and every single musical that's nominated so we how do they taste. end up being a, a, a voter for, uh, for we're, Tony's? We're a member of the League of American Theaters and Producers. And so it's pretty awesome. That, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's an important awesomeness, to be honest with you. So it is um, fun. Um, and we do um, take part in other shows. Like we are a producer in some shows, like the Shear show that's on Broadway. We're one of the producers. We were one for Peter Pan Okay, so for several shows. And so it's just fun to be a part of it a big community across the country all right for the folks that are listening to us and say okay so you're seeing all these shows you got kind of an idea what's going to be in the future like what well everybody wants hamilton to come of course yes we want hamilton to come right now it's going to the bigger cities first i can only imagine so and once it goes through that round of all that then we can look at little rock but that's probably on our radar a lot um this week i mean as of last night Ain't Too Proud of the Peg was great. It was the story of the Temptations, and and it looks phenomenal. We'd love to bring it. It comes. You, there's a couple front seat, uh, front uh, row seats. You might as well know that I'll be getting a hold of <laughs> one of my all time favorite groups. It um it looked really really fun, and so it just depends on the show and depends on the year. 
So. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be watching you. You call me whenever that, we that one comes up. I really want to know. know about it. All right. So give them the give them the number again. It's celebrityattractions.com online or 244-8800. And it's five great shows for one low price. It's Wicked and Escaped Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett's musical, The Play That Goes Wrong, Waitress and Cats. Don't want to miss any of them. Get your tickets now. Anna, thank you for coming in thank and you being part us. of the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here. I enjoyed it. Thank All you. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Let's get a break in, and then we'll come back and finish up this first hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We're about 10 minutes uh, away from first pitch up in Vietnam and at Baum Stadium for the uh, see who goes to Omaha. I thought it was going to be yesterday, but uh, fate had a different uh, thing figured for us. Let me uh, let you know that the uh, the folks at Applied Research Center here in Arkansas has a lot of different studies they're looking for people to take part in. There's a diabetes study. This deals with type 2 diabetes on metformin only. You have to be between 18 plus, um, perhaps uh, some neck or back pain. Uh, ages 18 to 65, you have to have a sudden onset of back pain due to muscle spasms. And they have a low testosterone study going on right now as well. That's for men ages 45 uh, to 80. All you have to do is call Applied Research Center of Arkansas for further details regarding these clinical trials. The number to call, 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822. That's Applied Research Center of Arkansas. In the studio, and they'll be with us into the next hour as well. Folks from uh, Southern Baptist Convention are uh, sitting in the studio with me. Nick is here. Uh, they are doing a lot of work uh, because of the floods. I think you guys are like number two, the Red Cross, aren't you? Something like that. Somewhere in there, very close. A lot yes, of people sir. that you're dealing with, and you're and you're you're up. The folks that are with you here is? Yes, this is Randy. Randy is the director of disaster relief here in Arkansas. Randy, you've been on with me before, have you not? It was back in the other station, I think. We yeah, to, yeah. yeah, that would go unnamed. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> Just a joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked with you all before. Yes. Because yes. you know, I have a lot of respect for you. I want to say one thing right out of the box. I am not happy with Demgas today. I'm not happy with them. Did you read the story about you guys today? Do you know why I'm upset? No, sir. Okay. The story is about what you all are doing with people who are flood victims. How did they start the story off? To be honest with you, I haven't read it. Okay. You may may not want to read it, Randy. (laughs) You may not want to read it. It started off by talking about the, the, the sexual stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it's first thing. They had to mention that. Why? It's yeah. not even part of the story. True. You're going to have plenty. Look, if you're in the media, you're going to have plenty of time to bring it up, okay? Right. Because the, the conventions, when are they getting together? They're there it starts now. tomorrow. They're starting tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So you'll have plenty of time to see what they're going to do, all right? <laughs> Good grief. I, I mean, seriously, I'll be honest with you. I threw the paper across my office when I read that first two sentences. There's no reason to, to even broach that subject. You guys are doing good things. There's there's people right now are thanking the good Lord that you guys are, are there. You know? Absolutely. And you're doing what the Lord asked you to do. True. So, you know, 
sit down and shut up, you know. <laughs> it grief irritates me. Uh, so tell us, I mean, this is a, it's a slow-moving natural di- disaster. Everybody keeps saying that, but it's true. Starting to recede a little bit now. I understand that up to the to out to the the west, they're they're getting the water out of their houses and stuff. Starting to get close to that here. Uh, Pine Bluff is hoping that it gets there fast. Right. And down at the bottom of all of this, there is that Pendleton. Is Pendleton that yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long they're going to be underwater because the water from the Arkansas has nowhere to go when it hits the Mississippi right now. Right. It's uh, it's a challenge. Uh, we're we're in Fort Smith. Uh, we've done some uh, some training up there, and we've had a tremendous turnout. And we've invited anybody that wanted to come by and learn how to properly, safely deal with this. And uh, the teams are out there today. We have four teams that are out in the in these areas, and uh, we're starting to see uh, a lot of a lot of results. Okay. So now up there in Fort Smith, they're just starting to see the damage that this has come with. True. There's, uh, the flooding of a river is the worst it can be. The, the stuff that's left after, you know, when the water goes down, you, you're left with all the mud and the gunk that has to and get. Smell. And smell. And it, it doesn't smell well. No. And so uh, we've, we, you know, we've lived through this in Pine Bluff uh, over the last five or six years. This is the third time they've had some major uh, oh, flooding. Wow. So uh, I hate to say this, but we have some expertise on, on what to do on these events. Okay, so. With this in mind, I, I was listening last night to the news, and I'm assuming that what they were telling me was true. <laughs> but it's, it's as if they're saying most people along the river do not have flood insurance. How are these people going to survive? Well, uh, now that it has been declared a federal uh, uh, disaster, mm-hmm. FEMA will be coming in and offering assistance to the property owners. So okay. that's one avenue. Uh, then there's uh, faith-based organizations like us. The church that, doing what it's supposed to do. Right. We go in there and uh, get with them and, and, and help them as much as we can. Uh, our organization, we do what we call recovery. We get their property to the point where they can start the rebuild process. Okay. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big uh, deal, but uh, – it, it takes a lot of money to go back and you know, replace the sheetrock and anything, mm-hmm. the floors and everything else that we take out. Because in a flood event, you've got to get that stuff out of there. The black mold, I was in a home yesterday that uh, they only had 18 inches of water in the home. But you've got black mold up six feet up the wall. Oh, my Lord. So all that's got to come out. And so, and sometimes it even grows up into the ceiling. And it, whatever's that black mold's on, we get rid of it. So and, you're telling me there's... Good possibility, total loss. Oh, some some of these homes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. At least on the interior, it looks like almost a new house on the inside when the when the disaster relief team rolls out. Wow, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion on this. What's the number for people who want to help? Um, they can visit our website, actually, absdisasterrelief.org. dot org. All right, keep that in mind. We'll be hey, back. Dave. I do want to let people know they can sign up. They can go and find out at our website as well. Faith Talk or one oh one one FM the answer dot com. It's all right. You can say Faith Talk too. It, that's <laughs> it's our sister well. station. You know, I'm so used yeah. to saying that all day long. Yeah. 
101.1 FM. Uh, what is it? What is there? 101.1 FM, the answer.com. There you go. Just look for the big yellow shield right there and click on the banner and it'll take you to their website. All right. Nick and Randy will be back with me in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's get into the second hour on a Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach will join with us sometime during this hour as well. But folks, uh, from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention's Disaster Relief Agency is here. Andy Garrett is the director of Arkansas Baptist State Convention Disaster Relief. Can you get all that on your card? Most of it. <laughs> Just that, that's a long title. A lot man. of abbreviations. That's a long title. And Nick is here. Nick, what's your last name? Nick Burt. All right. Well, it's good to have both of you here in the studio if you heard us talking just here in the last few moments uh, at the end of last hour, you know we're going to talk about the flooding that's going on all the way down the Arkansas River here in the state of Arkansas. It is, they're telling me it's a 500-year flood that we've endured. Uh, listening to what Randy has said here in Pine Bluff, they've been having 500-year floods for the last, you know, five, five years. years. Yeah. So uh, they're they're tired of all of this extra water that that we've been getting uh as i went over the bridge today i could tell that the flooding had gone down some because as i was coming on i-30 to get to 6:30 to get here to work the traffic would slow we'd go over the bridge real slow and people would look out to look at the river now it's down now what's the big deal now yeah, let's right? look at right although that river is moving fast really really fast right now so uh they're telling everybody stay off the river don't get out there you were talking about you randy that you all go through and you get the houses you try to help to get the houses ready uh for new you know drywall and and all of that i mean what what do you see that a lot of other people never see when you guys are working well, one thing that people don't realize, the black mold or the mold, they think it's mildew. They think this won't affect me. Uh, it's uh, a misconception. Uh, you, when we go into a home, the first thing we do is we put what we call a PPE, the personal protection equipment on. And the, basically, it's an N95 mask. And what's an N95 mask? It's a mask that uh, will block 95% of the bad stuff that you breathe. All right. Uh, if you don't have that on when you go into a home, all that stuff comes right down in your lungs. Next thing you know, you've got some type of respiratory issue, and then it just kind of multiplies. So that's that's we try to make sure that they, everybody does think uh, safely. The, the the rebuild process you know, will take care of itself, but you've got to get all that stuff out of there. We've seen people that uh, it's mama's old uh, mattress or this this sofa was here uh, for then second third generation. When that gets wet and gets moldy. There's not a whole lot you can do with that. You've it's got not to, any more generations. That's no, right. Yeah, you got to you got to get it out of there. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's talk about some things people don't typically think about. What's in that water? Everything. Uh, the guy that does our uh, Jimmy Blackford is our um, resident uh, trainer for for flood relief, and he said it's kind of like if you go to Walmart and somebody has gone to the bathroom and there's all kind of sewer stuff and you stick your hand down in the commode that's kind of what's running around in your house yeah. so that kind of puts it uh in perspective so uh uh sewers back up 
that river water comes in there. There's all kind of bacteria and everything in the world in that. Um, chemicals. Chemicals can be in there, especially we saw that a lot of times down in Texas around um, whenever the petroleum industry, when they had the floods down there, all that, that mess yeah, was Houston. in the water. And Houston. So uh, anything and everything can be in that water. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the key. It's not something to mess around with. It can not only make you ill, it can kill you. It can. Uh, we try. We do all we can to protect our uh, volunteers. Uh, everybody wants to come out and help. And, you know, uh, we realized uh, several years ago uh, one thing that our volunteers were getting sick, and we couldn't figure out, well, we do all these things. We ask them to do this, this, and this, and they were still coming, you know, getting sick. Mm-hmm. And so we finally realized what they were doing. They went out of the home. It's hot and dirty and sweaty, and they'll reach their hand in an ice chest to pick up a glass of water or a bottle of water. Well, all that stuff's on their hands. It contaminates the ice in that ice chest, and people are getting sick. So that's just a minute uh, problem that we have. So if it makes you sick, put your hand in an ice chest. Can you imagine if you're living in this environment for any length of time? Okay. I want to remind people that uh, here at 101.1 FM and – 93.3 93.3 The Fish and all of our other sister stations. Uh, if you go to our websites, ours is 101.1 FM, theanswer.com, you can uh, volunteer. What's going to happen if people volunteer? Are just going to get a call from you all and say, hey, we're going to have a training session on such and such a day or something? Well, we do two different things. They can go to a training event, uh, and on our website it shows where all we're doing our trainings. Uh, and the other thing you can uh, uh, sign up, register to go help people. And what we do, uh, you come to uh, say, for instance, this week you're available. You go to our website, and it's abscdisasterrelief.org, and we will uh, take your information. We will call you. We'll give you some. Uh, say we're going to be at X number at this church on Tuesday. Come out, and what we'll do. The first thing we'll do, we'll uh, go through a very quick overview of the safety and then we provide you with those safety items and then when you go out we send you out not by yourself we have somebody that's been trained to do this properly that goes out with those teams so that you're just out you're not out there and don't know what to do okay so explain some of the things that you're gonna you might be asked to, to do well the first thing we do when we go to a home is uh, remove all the personal property of the, of the folks uh, we have to get that stuff out of there um and we ask the property owner, uh, it, it, this is their, you know, this is all they've got left. Mm-hmm. And so we're very, uh, we know that. So we're not just coming and saying, this, all this, we don't call it junk. You know, we go in there and, and visit with the property owner and say, this has to come out, this has to come out. And if a property owner insists that something stays, it's their, it's their uh, belongings, it, it stays. Okay. Uh, but, but normally we get all that, all that uh, personal property out of there. And then we start the process of uh, removing the contaminated walls and floors. Uh, we have, uh, like, a uh, drywall sheetrock. Um, if it has insulation behind the drywall, uh, that insulation will soak up that old messy water. I can water, only imagine how And much it just it keeps going up. up, and sometimes we've seen it up in the ceiling. And it the, the moisture, the, the water bleeds through the sheetrock, and that's where you start seeing the, the black mold growing on the outside. And you can actually go in there, David, you can take a picture today of the black mold and go back at the same time tomorrow and see how much more it's grown. And especially here in Arkansas in these humid environments, I mean, it just it really gets after it. 
and right. Fort, something about Fort Smith where it's at on the river up there. It's hot and humid in Fort Smith a lot, all the time. Yeah. So um, we're seeing a lot of that up there. And so we go in there and we move all the contaminated surfaces, the flooring. Uh, we even have to go in there and remove the cabinets because the cabinets are attached to what? A drywall, right? Right. And so that's gotten wet. And uh, so we have to remove all that, uh, everything out of the kitchen. Um, and then we have a product called Shockwave. Shockwave is made from a company, as the company that makes it is called Fiberlock. Great, great relationship with them. When we buy a gallon, they normally give us one or more gallons free. Good. And so we spray that chemical um, and get everything pristine. Well, first of all, we take a power washer and we, we pressurize and wash everything out of there. And then we apply the shock wave. And then it's critical that they wait until it's about 8 or 9% percent uh, the, the the moisture content of the home uh, before they start the process of rebuilding. Okay, so we've been talking about the water and what's left, the mud and everything else that's behind, and that's what you're power washing out of the homes Correct. and stuff. Yeah. How many critters do you run into? Oh, you, well, I've had experiences with just about everything. You know, the snakes. Uh, uh, I, I didn't see the alligator, but supposedly there was an alligator down in Pine Bluff. Oh, wow! Time. Yeah, so uh, and it, they're in there. If they've ever, if they're in the, if they've been in the river, they get in the house. Um, we uh, years ago uh, had uh, the flooding in Pine Bluff, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a, a group that came in from Alabama. And this one old guy, he he didn't he wasn't scared of anything. So we were in a home. <laughs> Cleaning it out. Famous last words. Yeah. In the corner, there was something wiggling around in the corner of this home, down in the old mucky dirt and everything. And so he just reached down there and picked it up. Mm. And it was, it, it, was, it was a real water. It was a water moxin. Oh, my God. Because, you know, most folks say, well, if it's a snake, it's a water moxin or a rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah. But this, this was a real <laughs> water moxin. And uh, he said, oh, look at this, you know, and just – uh, but luckily, he had it evidently head in it. Well, you know, there's something about those Alabamans. I don't know. They just <laughs> <laughs> they play football pretty good. Well, though. that's you true. Give that's credit. true. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, you you would spiders and everything else is in that stuff. So, yeah, that's a problem I'd have. Yeah, spiders hate yeah. spiders. Yeah. All right. So let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk more. And Nick is going to talk, too, I promise yes. you. Randy won't be the only one to talk during the time that we're on. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember, go to our website, 101.1 FM, theanswer.com, and you can sign up to help. Uh, they need as many helping hands as possible. As you can probably imagine, this is a huge, huge disaster, and it's going to take a long time to get things fixed. So uh, if you can spare some time, 101.1 FM, uh, theanswer.com. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Randy's here. Nick's here. They are with the Arkansas Baptist State Convention's Disaster Relief Agency. And the agency is working hard to help people that have been affected uh, by the flood that we've uh, had going on for the last couple of weeks here in in the state i couldn't believe when i heard out at fort smith that bridge that comes in from oklahoma that it was almost right. over that bridge yeah that's incredible and that it was up up towards uh 
to the to the, the well the museum and everything yeah, there in yeah. Fort Smith. It's almost up there to the gallows and everything. I'm like, my oh, lord, that's a long way up. I was over there for a meeting when all this was going down, and uh, we were in the meeting, and they said anybody that needs to get out of town, uh, you better if you're going by 540, you need to get on the highway now because within an hour they're going to shut it down. And so when I drove back over the bridge. Uh, water was lapping up on the, the roadbed on uh, on 540 yeah. in Fort Smith. Yeah, I was talking to uh, J.R. Davis. He was out there with the governor when they they were having uh, one of their big you know press conferences. Right. He says, it's an unnerving feeling to stand on that bridge and the water is that close to coming over top exactly. of it. Exactly. You can almost feel like you can reach down and touch it. It's yeah. that close, yeah. And he said it was high, real, 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 real high. Yeah, here. Well, anyway, there's a lot of good things that the water didn't touch, but there's a lot of things that that water is over top of now. Right. A lot of good restaurants and stuff that right. are in the water now. How many people do you all have working? Nick, can you talk to that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, there are um, there's, there's several hundred trained volunteers in Arkansas trained in flood recovery, um, and those are the ones that Randy was talking about taking out. Um, volunteers were recruiting. Um, mm-hmm. the, the damage is just so great that our uh, our Arkansas disaster relief volunteers could not handle the workload. Um, that's why we're recruiting volunteers um, to, to come on one-day deployments, multi-day, um, whatever they're able to do. Um, and so there, um, th- there's several hundred in Arkansas who are trained to do that, and we're um, we're seeing a lot more come in um, each day that are that are going out to uh, to work on flood recovery. I've heard that through our efforts here on the the radio stations, you all getting a lot of calls and things of that sure. nature. How how long is this recovery, Randy? You've seen a lot of this. How long is it going to take this time? Three months is what I'm guesstimating. Three months. Only three months. Only three months. That's well, now, that's amazing in and of well, itself. Well, that's the three months till we get in there and do the recovery efforts. Oh, okay. Then, but then for folks to rebuild and things like that, it's going to take years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, normally, under normal conditions, Dave, what we do, we're part of uh, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. There's 42 conventions around the country. Mm-hmm. When something happens, if I can't handle it in the state of Arkansas, I'll start reaching out to Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, the states around me. Well, the other states are in the same kind of bind we're in. You know, our brother up in uh, Oklahoma, God bless them, they're sending all this water down here to us. Yeah. And so uh, they're dealing with a mess. And then every time you t- – uh, today even, there's probably some tornadoes in Texas. That's just – you know, we've had more tornadoes here recently than, than normal. So all the other states that join us are out there, you know, doing their own thing. So uh, we can't really pull in the number of folks that we normally do. And so that's the reason we decided that we'd go and start our, all of our churches and ask them for volunteers to come in. And it's not – they don't have to be from our church. If somebody wants to come help, come on. Okay, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. People don't realize that the headwaters for the Arkansas River starts in Colorado. Exactly, yeah. And the Royal Gorge. You know, yeah. guess what? The that snow melt is still melting. Exactly. Yeah. And still dumping water into the Arkansas River. I mean, are we looking for the Arkansas River to be up for most of this year? I think so. When the snow melt continues to come down uh, through uh, Nebraska, see, we spent uh, uh, six or seven weeks in Nebraska, you know, the terrible flooding that they yeah, had. Yeah, they there. had a ton. And so we stayed up there and it was helping those guys. Uh, and all that mess, the, the, that was just a. A quirk that happened with all the snow and ice on the ground, mm-hmm. and they had three or four inches of rain. That just 
you know, it just went went uh, everything flooded. And talk to uh, North Dakota about that. Yeah, really really. all about it. <laughs> right. But all the flooding up there, they had never received any uh, of the snowmelt yet. They kept saying, well, just wait till the snowmelt gets down here. So Not going to be good. No. no. Not going to be good. And and so you're saying now, you said three months. Three months to do what? To be able to get in and start working? No, I'm saying three months for us to go into the homes and help folks get all their uh, belongings out, get them cleaned up. And then get them to the point where they can actually start the rebuild process. Man, you're talking a lot of lift in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three months, that's every day. How many hours? Uh, It's about 12-hour days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start about six and go to six? Well, we get about seven. About, about seven yeah, to seven? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. And we're looking for a few good men, so I'm going to recruit you when we get through this. Okay, so what do you – what? Uh, the guys that stay, do they bring their their campers and things to where you? No, all we stay at? in churches primarily. Uh, uh, we're blessed in, in Arkansas. Uh, if we don't have a Southern Baptist church in every corner, we've got one in every other corner. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, we go into those areas that are affected, and we uh, talk to the local churches and ask them if they you know open up their doors and uh, let us stay there, our volunteers stay there, and work out of their church. And I, to be honest with you, I've never been turned down. Yeah, so, that's good. It's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, you know it's. But you know, do you look at this sometimes? Ask both of you the same question. You look at this and you go, "How in good heavens do we do this?" Right. I tell you what. Uh, here in Arkansas, we get through it. It's a neighbor helping neighbor. I'll give you a case in point. Whenever there's a tornado. Mm-hmm. And we go out, we have what we call our assessment teams. And when we go out with assessment teams, we have chaplains to go out with them. Right. But anyway, the chaplain team goes out and the assessors, and they determine what we need to do to help the, the property owner. And we'll tell them, okay, in two or three days, we're going to be back, and we're going to you know, get the tree off your home and whatever needs to be done. Well, a team will come back out there, and it's already done. And we'll say, well, who did this? And they'll say, well, <laughs> the neighbors came over here. <laughs> And I think uh, I make I always tell everybody in the state of Arkansas, people are born with two things, uh, a, a pickup truck and a chainsaw. <laughs> that, and that is good when you get prone to tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. So it's neighbor helping neighbor. It's it, it's not um, – it, it, it's just it's, – it, I'm humbled, to be honest with you, to see how people band together and help – case in point, all, all these sandbags that were put up and down the river – People were out there laboring, doing all the sandbags. People were pulling off the street in Conway, Arkansas, walking up because we were feeding some up, and they said, can we help you? What can we do to help? Now, where do you see that? Yeah, we had uh, we were talking to a uh, volunteer fire department uh, up there by, uh, not, uh, I want to say Profold, and that's not it, uh, the place where you can buy the really good uh, fudge up there, pickle staff. Yeah. And they were ma- they were doing yeah uh, a lot. I mean, thousands, tens of thousands yes. of sag- yeah. sandbags up there. I didn't realize there was that many sandbags around. <laughs> I don't know where yeah. they keep them, but uh, we, they never, as far as I know, they never ran out. So, but uh, uh, they ran out some. They ran out of sand in some some places. But uh, yeah, and if you don't think the good Lord don't watch out, go to Conway and take a look at that levee. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty good. Yeah. how that all worked out because yeah. if that levee had gone 
bad, bad, bad things would have happened. Yep, yep, sure would have. They said they only had four foot left. Is that right? Had you seen it? I saw some pictures this morning, and they said the river has gone down now that there's not any more erosion going mm-hmm. on. But right. it, it, yes, it, yeah. it, the integrity of it was, was down to just probably twenty percent of that. It looked really bad. Yeah. So now they're going to come in, dump upon dump upon dump, and put all that back. They're going to do. They're going to rebuild that. All right. Let's take a break for the news. When we come back, we'll talk more with our guests Nick and Randy here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. In the studio with us now, we've got our fo- our folks from the uh, the Baptist Convention, and Robert Steinbach has made his way into the studio as well. And uh, Robert, we're talking about repairing all of this stuff that's been put into disrepair because of the uh, the flood along the Arkansas River. It's going to take a long time to get it back together. They say it's going to take years to recover from it. I'm sure that's right. Uh, I told you I can see a piece of it from my house, and it's dramatic. M- much of the um, – I can see a, a good portion of Burns Park underwater. Yeah. I can see a portion of it, a good portion of which is underwater. Okay. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I followed you. Yeah. I, I don't, you I, I you may it. be the only one, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're talking to Nick, and we're talking to Randy, and we're we're trying to to get a, kind of an overview of this. How much have, have you all seen? Have you have you been from Fort Smith all the way down the river and, and checked it all out? The only, I have not been to Pendleton. I've been airplaced all the way from Fort Smith all the way down to Pine Bluff. And okay. The normal places that are going to flood uh, traditionally are flooded. Flooded. And then there are a lot of places around in Fort Smith, Van Buren area that have never flooded, flooded. Uh, even seen some of the areas down in Pine Bluff that had never flooded before are flooded. So um, the, the water went down a lot quicker than they thought. Uh, the information that I was receiving was once the river crested in a certain locality, it may take up to two weeks for it to, to, to drain down. Wow, that would have been bad. Yeah. And fortunately, that, that's not holding it. it it's dropping pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fast right now. Uh, I want to tell you something that somebody from Oklahoma told me the other day. This is kind of puts it in perspective. There's a dam north of Tulsa called the Keystone Dam, and um, it was water was going over the dam. Right, two hundred and seventy-five thousand cubic feet per second. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's a lot of water, right? Okay, but Niagara Falls, right, in one second, uh, the the water that was going over the dam at Keystone was twice what goes over, over the falls in one second. Yeah. And so put that, you know, that that puts it in perspective. You say, okay, wow. Now, I heard that if you stand along the Arkansas River as it rushes back past us, that's 21 times what goes over Niagara yeah, Falls in yeah. a second. 21 times. It's just amazing, you know. Uh, just that, no roar with it, okay? Well, uh, speaking of roaring, uh, uh, Bob Harper uh who I work with at the convention was telling me that his, uh, uh, I think his uh, brother-in-law was telling him that he could actually hear the roar of the river, that uh, of the water going to past it. Yeah, so, I can imagine that yeah, would be the case. Yeah. I think you could probably ski out there just about without a boat. Yeah, stay Boys. off the boat out yeah, on the river right, right now. You don't right want to be out there. You don't need to be out in the river. No. no. In no. fact, I heard this morning that uh, they had to do some uh, rescues on the Buffalo River. That water came up. The folks were camping on the Buffalo River. 
this weekend, and the water got up. So they had to, there was about several uh, folks that had to you know do a water rescue off the river. Wow! Yeah, I can. Yeah, this year would be a good year, I guess, for the canoeist up there. It'll I be, think you'll be going to Ponker and here. in about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be renting canoes up there for most of the summer, probably. That's right, yeah. Doubt if they'll get dry this year. That's true. It may not happen. Okay, so let's talk about people helping. How many people can you guys handle? I don't know what that number is because I'll take anybody that wants to come help. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I've never reached that point. So uh, I've got a place. If somebody wants to help, I've got a place for them. Yes. All right. Right now, where's the major point of emphasis? Is it between Fort Smith and I don't know Dardanelle or whatever? Well, I think as we go down river right now, we're only operational in the Fort Smith Van Buren area. Okay. And then by by next weekend, this coming up weekend, we'll be operational in Conway and Little Rock, uh, and. Uh, and then we'll be moving, of course, down into Pine Bluff and then probably Pendleton before it's all said and done. So uh, I don't know if there's any more. If I think Pine Bluff is going to be more uh, of a trouble spot that, that needs to help more so than other areas because there's just so much devastation down there. Okay, so with all this furniture and all the dry uh, wall and everything that you're going to be tearing out and, and, and throwing away, right. where do you throw it all away at? Well, uh, each county is, is unique. Uh, we go to the Office of Emergency Management in that county, and they tell us how how they want us to dispose of the of the debris. Uh, sometimes they said take it all the curb, no matter what. It can be intermingled. Other times, uh, some counties want us to put it in a dumpster. Uh, there's not enough dumpsters. For I was just going to say, yeah. there's not enough dumpsters. Right. So uh, a lot of times we, we take it to the street, uh, sometimes we have to sec, uh, p- separate it. We put the, uh, the wood-type products, the metals together. And then, of course, th- one thing that everybody's always concerned about is um, chemicals. And they say, well, I don't have any chemicals. Well, do you got motor oil in your house? You got, you know, you got paint? Mm-hmm. So uh, they, a lot of times they want us to separate that. All right. They want you to separate that if you get one of the big green things from what is it, waste management. Yeah. And you throw stuff out. They don't want any paint or anything like unless right. you pour that stuff in the paint that makes it become like concrete or right. whatever. Right. That's all they want you to do. So how long are you guys ready to, you know, be be helping on this? I mean, are we looking months for you guys? Yep. What we do is we may not be the very first one in, but we're always the last one out. That's just our motto. And uh when the yellow shirts show up and uh they know who we are, we've been doing this for over fifty years. I uh, hate to say this, but it started in Texas. and uh, That's all right. Uh, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Good things come out of Texas. Yeah. Some. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it started over there, and it's grown uh, nationwide. There's about 65,000 of us that are trained. I mean, that's hands and feet of Jesus. That's I right. Mean, that's what that's all that's what about. That's right. That's what, the, that's what the church is called upon right. to do. That's that's what's unique about Arkansas Baptist Disaster Relief and Southern Baptist Disaster Relief is that not only are they doing the relief work in the homes and and providing physical needs for the people while they're there, chaplains are meeting with the families, they're ministering to them, they're they're counseling them, they're sharing the gospel with them. Um, and and speaking of the Nebraska flood and, and Iowa, there um, there were over fifty people that that. Uh, were saved from that flooding from Arkansas mm-hmm. connections, so we're expecting to see that in in Arkansas as well. I know you're saying, but there's so much, you know, disaster here. Yeah, but it's not just a physical thing; it's a spiritual thing as right. well. Yeah, 
you know, keep that in mind. It says here in this article uh, that I, I won't read the rest of it. I'll just read this one part here from Francisca Jones. And she says in one uh, sentence, she says, uh, well, this is you, uh, Randy. The agency is the only place where some residents can find aid after a disaster event. True. What does a person need to do? Just call you guys or what? Need to go online. Yeah. ABSC uh, disaster relief dot org org, and uh, it's very simple. The front first page of the website. I'll let Nick uh, address that because he's he's the guy that puts all that stuff. He's the guy that puts the UIT guy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, yep. okay. On the website, there is a button right at the top. Um, they can request assistance. There's, there'll be a, a form that pops up. They fill in that information, and then um, the, the disaster relief team and the assessors will be in contact to start that process. All right. Now, Randy, you've been how long have you been doing this since Katrina? Okay. I uh, reach, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor or anything. I'm a lay guy, and yeah. uh, I just uh, you're a pa- everybody's a pastor, right? I guess so. Yeah, and so uh, I go to Church of Rock Creek here oh, okay. in Little Rock, and uh, six of us with three chainsaws with no safety equipment got in a van and went to went to to Louisiana. Wow! And we, the Lord does take care of stupid people <laughs> because we got down there and we. We did some really crazy, crazy stuff. And so we came back and decided, well, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. So that's when we got connected with the convention, got the training. Um, and then um, I was in charge of the, the uh, our unit for for quite some time. And then uh, here I am. You know, just, I'm, just, I'm, uh, I'm just glad that uh, I was given the opportunity to do this because I love it. I, I really do. Okay, so you talked about if you're – any other denomination or whatever, come on and right. work. Do the, does this bring some of the good things out of denominationalism? Do, do people tend to come together and, and start doing sure. some work together? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We see we see such unity behind disaster relief. Everybody wants to get involved and, uh, and like I said, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Okay, well, that, that's, that gives me hope. Sometimes that's not the case. You would hope that everybody would pull together, but that's not the case. So, Randy, with all the years that you've got in now, what are some things you would like to see happen? I mean, is there an overview for disasters that you say, you know, we need some, you know, help here or people need to work this way? Well, uh, you know, one thing, uh, Dave, uh, when a disaster occurs, a lot of times there's a second disaster. And they say, what are you talking about? Well, People want to help, and the things they think they can helping with by donating clothing mm. or water or things of that nature. Uh, we, you know, water. It, it, we're in a flood, but I can assure you, we don't need any water because okay. uh, the WalMarts and everybody else that donate the donate food, water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but clothing. People say, "Well, they need clothing." No. Well, it's 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 unbelievable the amounts of clothing that gets donated, and we have to do something with that. So we, we're asking, please don't do, don't do anything. So if you really want to help us uh, financially, uh, would be the best way, and that way we know what to buy and how to buy it, uh, and it works. It just works for us. It's hard for people to understand. I always bring this up what you're talking yeah. about because for every dollar donated, a nonprofit group can turn that into five to six dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Because you've got. All the different people that you work with, and and they cut you guys deals and things of right. that nature. Right. So if they want to give money, all right, Nick, mm-hmm. you're the uh, you're the IT guy. 
How do they give that money? That's on the website as well. There is okay. a uh, uh, on on y'all's website banner or on our website. They can get there um, and just hit the donate button, um, and they can they can give by a, a debit card, credit card, um, any amount they they would choose to do. All right. Remember one zero one one FM the dot com. You can sign up to help. Uh, again, what do they? What should they expect? They sign up to help. You want to get a call? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah. Yes, sir. Get a call, and then uh, we'll, if, wherever they're at, Fort Smith, Pine Bluff, we'll get them with a the team and get them out working. All right. So you were, you're always wondering what it's like to be called? You'll find out. That's right. That's the way it works. Yes, sir. Guys, thanks for coming in. Thanks I for having, us you having here. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, Robert and I will begin. There's a university that's going to have to pay a baker millions of dollars because – They said he was racially insensitive, and it was all BS. That's coming up next. Yes, go ahead. You going to say something? I was just going to say, Dave, but we've never heard stories like that before, have we? No, never. Yeah. Never. That that, that the left are the intolerant? Really? Really? Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back here on the Dave Ellswick Show last segment for the uh, 3 o'clock hour. My thanks. Nick and Randy for coming by. Randy Garrett, by the way, is the director of Arkansas Baptist State Convention Disaster Relief. He is the man. Uh, he is the one who gets involved uh, when things like this happen, and uh, he needs your assistance. The, uh, of course, uh, Arkansas Baptist State Convention's Disaster Relief Agency needs your assistance. I don't think this is a situation where we can't get excuse me, can't get too many people involved. Uh, Again, to uh, become involved, to donate your time, to be involved in the cleanup effort. Uh, It's as easy as going to 1011fmtheanswer.com. That's our website. And as soon as it pops up, uh, you'll see where you need to go, what you need to touch on to to get over to the uh, the folks at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention's Disaster Relief Program, uh, they're going to put you in a training program. They're going to teach you safety. They're going to give you the necessary uh, equipment that you need to wear while you're in these areas. And then they're going to put you, uh, according to Randy, from what I could ascertain from our uh, discussion, uh, here in the Little Rock Conway area coming up this weekend they'll probably get ready to start and uh, we're talking thousands of homes here i mean literally uh hundreds upon thousands of homes and we haven't got into the into the uh, pine bluff area yet Uh, and he said that that looks to be maybe one of the toughest areas that's been hit by uh, this flood Uh, although down uh, at the end of uh, the Arkansas River, just before it goes into the Mississippi, it's going to be tough there, too, uh, for the water to to recede because there's nowhere for the water to go. The Mississippi is flooding. It's uh, at the same level it was, from what I understand, back, was it 93 that they had the the huge flood there along the, the Mississippi? In fact, it was along because of that flood that uh, the... Uh, federal uh, uh, flood insurance program got to the point where they told people you can build back again here but this time and this time only because we won't cover you again because this is a a flood plain and we're not going to uh, offer you insurance and this is some of the the real problems that we've got uh, right now 
I mean, you know, FEMA is going to come in and Small Business Bureau and a lot of the other folks, and they're going to offer low-cost loans and things of that nature. But there's some people who have lost everything. They didn't have any any flood insurance. They have lost all that they possess, uh, everything that they own, and uh, they're probably standing there looking to the left and to the right and thinking to themselves, what now? It's going to be really, really tough for them. I mean, really tough. And that's why Randy was saying it's going to take years to totally recover from this flood that we have seen here uh, along the Arkansas River. Worst flood I've underst- from I've understood, Russ, maybe uh, you can talk about it, since the 90s, is that right? I believe it was the nineties. It was either the it was either the early nineties or the late eighties. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was like ninety three you know, is what I heard. Okay, I'm I'm trying to remember it. I know my dad and I talk about. I just can't remember exactly when it was, but we went down and and paddled around on Rebsman Park on Rebsman Golf Course. Mm-hmm. You paddled the back nine. It's in entirely underwater golf course. Course. The whole golf course is underwater. I drove by it. The oh other yeah, day. it is. Yeah, it, it yeah. still is. I, yeah. Well, I don't know. It may be down now a little bit on the front nine, but it, it for the most part was underwater. I drove down there uh, both directions, down Murray Park and also down the backside, down there by uh, Buffalo Grill. Right, and the backside. You remember they they, they had water uh, the sandbags up, and the water was several feet high. Yeah, you got down yeah. to the circle there. That's right. Uh, down past, just past the apartments over there by the by the railroad track, and on on Rebson Park Road, and it, yeah, it was. I mean, the water was right there. Oh yeah, it was. And, and they had uh, they had sandbags going to going the other direction on Riverfront Drive. That that uh, that circle, incidentally, paid for with your tax dollars, uh, with the one cent tax that they put on in little rock and they said it's just a penny it's just a penny yeah <laughs> per dollar yeah yeah for that for that decorative circle you know what was there before an intersection you know what you did when you came stopped <laughs> it was real controversial stopped <laughs> waited for the other guy to go then you yeah, drove yeah yeah now tough uh, on people yeah then they spent put six a, put figures a train on it. guard up and and let that take care of the people coming down Rebsman park road say again Put up a train guard and yeah. let that take yeah. care of the folks coming down Rebsum and Park Road instead of racing to get across the tracks. Yeah, that's the truth of the matter. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. we got news coming up. Then when Robert and I come back, we got a story about Oberlin College. You may have heard about Oberlin. That girl, that, that lady, was it, uh, what's her name, that, that did uh, that show on HBO, uh, Oh, I can't think of her name right now. I'll have it when we come back. She she graduated from here. That tells me a, a whole lot about the. Well, it's pretty lefty, but count. that's well, you know, Lena like, Dunham. Oh, yeah, Lena Dunham. She's talented, but she's uh, she's big lefty. Um, and Oberlin's a big lefty school, but you know that's not saying too much, is it these days? And we're talking just to give you an idea about Oberlin students. They have a call, they have called to abolish midterm exams and grades below C. Mm-hmm. You can't get anything below a C. It was also part of the program where they um, uh, called to institute rainbows for everybody's and unicorns in every dorm room. Did you not? Did you get that memo, Russ? And hot chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Unicorns right. for everyone. 
We'll talk about it when we come back because hey, I got a score update for you. There, what's the score? Bottom of the second, two to one, Arkansas. All right, come on, Razorbacks, come on, Hogs, Omaha's. Live up to it, baby. Omaha's. All right, we got more coming your way after news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Whitney Davis, as you all know, used to be on my power panel, my young power panel, back about eight years ago. She's going to be visiting back through this area around the 24th. She just sent me a picture. It's unbelievable. It looks like an atomic blast. And what it is is a thunderstorm cloud having a microburst and uh, the clouds became so heavy with rain that it all fell at once like pouring water uh, like pouring water out of a bucket the fall caused winds so strong that it downed trees power lines and even a crane downtown unfortunately causing one fatality most of the power and lights were out on Preston on my drive home. Thankfully, I somehow still had power. Microbursts are not as easy to predict, but can be as damaging as tornadoes. Stay safe, my friends. Unbelievable. Scary stuff. It's an awesome picture, though. I mean, it's just an outrageous picture that that she sent me. Nature is an amazing thing. It really, really is. Powerful. Very, very powerful. And But, hey, look, we can control it completely just by reducing the auto emissions. We can, <laughs> we can change it completely. All right. Anyway, with that all said, getting to 4 o'clock hour, we, we have back with us today. I asked him last week to join me. Uh, Robert Steinbach is back with us. We had a lot of other guests today as well, and Robert has made his way into the studio, as I told you late last hour. And he sent me a couple of uh, stories here. I want to talk about both of these because they're really kind of amazing stories. And I've got some. I've got. I've got to play a feminist. Her name is Sophie Lewis. Are you familiar with her? No. Oh, wait till I play what she had to say about abortion. It just it will blow your mind. But let's talk about Oberton, Oberlin Oberlin, College first. Yeah. Uh, Oberlin College in Ohio, which is about thirty miles to the south of Cleveland, is going to have to pay a nearby bakery more than eleven million dollars in damages because it libeled the store, tagging it as racist and interfered with its business, according to a jury. On Friday, Gibson's Bakery came under fire after Alan Gibson, the owner's son, got into a physical alteration with a black student who reportedly tried shoplifting and using a fake ID at the store. That's according to the Chronicle Telegraph, Telegram, which is the local paper. Two other black students got involved, appearing to prompt accusations of racial profiling. The three students eventually... Wait for it. Pleaded Wait for guilty it. to misdemeanor charges and read statements defending Alan Gibson's right to detain them. They also read statements claiming that his actions weren't racially motivated, but within days of the incident, students were turning out for protests fueled by accusations of racist intent. The jury found the school 
and Oberlin's vice president and dean of students, Meredith Ramondo, guilty of libel after Ramondo allegedly helped pass out flyers claiming that the bakery was racist and had a history, a history of racial profiling and discrimination. The jury also found that the college, not Ramondo this time, the college, was guilty of intentional infliction of emotional distress for the owner, David Gibson, as well as libel and intentional infliction of emotional distress on his son. Donica Thomas Varner, the college's general counsel, said he was disappointed with the verdict and denied the college had defamed the bakery or its owners. Sorry, Donica, but the jury found differently. Yeah, they, the, 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 the employee and uh, in the position of representing the university called the bakery uh, and, and the bakers uh, racist. Oh, but we didn't defame them. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, but, wait what? And the people uh, against whom allegedly the racism was directed said uh, they didn't do anything racist. Uh, we broke the law. But that's what goes on, Dave. We've discussed time and time again on your show that the left's reaction to something they don't like by somebody who is even plausibly conservative. Racist! Yeah, well, racist. you're an ist of some ist, kind. Misogynist. Or ism. Homophobe. Um, you name it. You name it. And with, with very little, if... Any proof? Well, here, the, here, the, according to the jury, there was uh, none, or yeah. none of, of that sufficed to turn the tables on the conclusion that the institution acted in a defamatory fashion. There's a professor up at Penn that we have discussed, Penn Law School, Amy Wax who made comments about admissions uh, and how different, basically different uh, admissions standards based on race often hurts the people that they're designed to help. And the school came out with some sort of comment, well, this is against the values of the school. First of all, what does that mean, Dave? It does does the brick and mortar have a value? Is it the astroturf? I would on the think ground? it's more the administration. It, there you go. And what does that mean? So a bunch of uh, bureau hacks, leftist, leftist bureau hacks, have decided what the entity's position is. And by the way, when that happens in a public school. So you're telling me a bunch of unelected bureau hacks in a public school. Uh, I think Oberlin is private, but there are plenty of public schools, Michigan, UCLA. Uh, University of Illinois, which I'll mention here in a moment. Right. Uh, that they, they, they could put out a, a statement, well, it's the institutional's value, institution's value. Well, that's your value, and I don't care about your unelected bureau hack sense of justice. And guess where it ends up at this point? The deans. Whoever is yep. the president of the university, it ends up on his chair. Right. Of course it does. That's where it all hit, right. hits at. And, go ahead. Go, according to one of the bakery's uh, attorneys, the verdict sends a clear message to other educational institutions. Quote, I think part of what we did here today is answer the question as to what are we going to tolerate in our society? That's according to attorney Owen Rarick, 
We're hopeful that this is a sign that not only Oberlin College, but in the future, powerful institutions will hesitate before trying to just crush the little guy. In a letter, Varner, the university's attorney, said his team would review the ruling, which, according to the New York Post, could result in triple the damages in a hearing next week on punitive damages. The lawsuit was yet another flashpoint in the nationwide controversy surrounding universities and political correctness. Oberlin, in particular, has provoked conservatives' ire for its apparent deference to politically correct ideas. And was Lena Dunham back in 2016 uh, had the students basically do a food strike and complained that the college had engaged in cultural appropriation by serving sushi and other food. It's remarkable. What you can't eat sushi now? I guess you've got to be. It's Japanese, right? You yeah. got to be Japanese to eat sushi. Is that the idea? Or, or serve make it, it or make it or whatever? Yeah, the universe, right? University you know, I of made Illinois. I, I I literally made tacos. Am I not allowed to make tacos now? Evidently not. Uh, University of Illinois faced lawsuits as they imposed what some consider to be politically correct speech codes and chilled students' First Amendment rights through regimes known as, are you ready for this, bias response teams. Oh, they're all over. Those things are breeding like cockroaches. Those things are everywhere. Bias response team. You know what that is? That's it's 1984 Orwellian uh, uh, groups that come around and say, well, "Did you use this word? Did you have this thought? Do you believe this idea? We shall correct you." Right? It's like yeah. It, 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 it's like this well, is 1984. So. Yeah, and this is you know it's re-education camps from Vietnam. It's uh, this is just it doesn't get more. Uh, um, uh, sort of uh, con- mind controlling than this. Yeah, it's, and I'm glad to see now that in the courts it's oh yeah turning. Oh yeah, it's turning. Well, it turned here in this state uh, at the legislature. Oh yeah, there's still more to do on that. There's but a lot more. To there's do. There, you know at least oh Texas we got just, around the I, first corner. I, I don't know if if, if I uh, sent it to you. Texas just passed a free speech on campus bill. Boy, I think I heard about that. Isn't it kind of weird? Everybody keeps getting and, there you and go. they don't say nothing about Arkansas. Exactly. Uh, the, we passed the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill. It's uh, Bob Allinger, Kim Hammer, Dan Sullivan, Dan Sullivan, uh, and then of course. Virtually all of the legislature, let's be clear, vote, voted with it. And the senator, excuse me, the senator, the governor in a public signing, which doesn't happen for every act, mm-hmm. uh, signed that bill into law. Uh, and incidentally, uh, a little inside baseball, you know, there are a lot of groups that come in and help with these things. And there was this uh, um, somewhat conservative group out of D.C., I think, that came in to help. And they were helpful. They were helpful. But they started telling me, well, you know, we can't do this. It's not going to pass. And we can't do it. I said, guys, you're not from Arkansas. You don't know what's going to pass. I've got a better sense. I'm, I can't guarantee you, but I can guarantee you I knew more about what's going to pass in Arkansas than they did. And luckily, uh, because I worked on it with Bob Ballinger, with Kim Hammer, with Dan Sullivan, we put more of the th- good things into the bill. And... 
Bob was the first to say, look, let's, you know, let's kind of have a balanced approach to this and see how it plays out. You know me, I'm always pushing for the most. Um, uh, and Bob's uh, pushing for a, a, a reasonable uh, a meter. Uh, I'm like, reasonable? What looks reasonable? Uh, and so, um, uh, you know, Bob is very persuasive. He's going to be the next attorney general uh, of the state. Uh, th- that's uh, what I uh, firmly believe, by the way. Uh, and uh, so with with all of us working together, uh, with Kim Hammer being the first to introduce the bill, and then, as I said, we modified it, but Kim was the first to the plate on, uh, with this. Yes. Um, and then Bob really doing the herding of the cats, uh, getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, yes, we had Kim, we had... Yeah. We had Dan. Uh, Dan Sullivan. We had ASU. Well, and that was why Dan was so important, because Dan has ASU in his uh, jurisdiction, yeah. you know. Uh, and, the, the, we, and Bob, like I said, corralling all the cats, um, one of the uh, the most vociferous of them, uh, and really got us all, on, including me, I want to be clear about that, including me, got us all on board on this very strong, very good bill, uh, but that that showed a modicum of temperance, which I think is good. Uh, but uh, I, as I wrote, I wrote a tweet today. I said in the tweet, um, uh, more freedoms are coming. Yeah, I more believe that. More freedoms are coming. And We're one go- of them may be forced because of a lawsuit, and we'll talk a little bit oh, about, that's right. about that. That's right. There's and, a lot of stuff that's going on right now. That's right. And and then the other one was the bill that we didn't get through that Bob was a big supporter of as well, and that's free speech for government employees. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so enough about that. When we come back, feminist Sophie Lewis. I'm going to quote her here. Mm -hmm, I'm waiting. Then I'm going to play the whole piece of audio. Oh, I can't wait. Abortion is, in my opinion, a form of killing that we need to be able to defend. Well, that's a very honest position, Dave. Dave, Dave, I prefer that. It's an honest position. I prefer that over the people that claim that when you rip a baby out of its mother at eight months that and three and a killing. half weeks, it's broccoli. All right. Okay. We're going to play what she has to say, and you're not going to believe what she had to say here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. There is a feminist by the name of Sophie Lewis. Evidently, she was on a one of the talking head programs, and they were talking about abortion. Mm -hmm. And I've said that the pro-death people, which I call pro-choice people, uh, sound a lot like Nazis at times. This woman is a Nazi, I believe. Take a listen to what she has to say. We're facing a really terrifying attack on abortion in the U.S. where I live, in Northern Ireland and elsewhere. In the past, the strategies that um, our side has tended to use have included a kind of uh, seeding of ground to our enemies. We uh, tend to say um, that abortion is indeed very bad, but, or we say, um, luckily it's not killing. Luckily it's just a healthcare right. We have very little to lose at the moment when it comes to abortion, and I'm interested in winning radically and I wonder if we could think about defending abortion as a right to stop doing gestational work. Abortion is, in my opinion, um, and I recognize how controversial this is, um, a form of killing. It is a, a form of um, killing that uh, we 
need to be able to defend. Um, I am not interested in where a human life starts to um, exist. Um, I see the forms of making and unmaking each other as sort of continuous processes. Um, the other end of the spectrum is the process of learning how to die well and hold each other and let each other go at the end of our lives as well as at the beginning. Um, but looking at the biology of this kind of hemochorial placentation helps me think about um, the violence that innocently a fetus meets out vis-a-vis um, -vis a gestator. Um, and that violence is, is an unacceptable violence for someone who doesn't want to do gestational work. Um, the violence that that gestator meets out to essentially go on strike or exit <laughs> that, that workplace is an acceptable violence. Gestational, gestational work, better known as carrying a baby M or motherhood. Be motherhood. Oh gestational work. It, Didn't it, that not sound like oh, Adolf Hitler? Well, it's actually... It, Margaret it, Sanger? It, it, you know what it sounds like? It, it sounds like when the leftist academics try to put a bunch of fancy-sounding words. Did you hear the other part where she had? I can't even repeat the term. I mean, I, mean, I can't remember it exactly, but it was, it, it was like placental something. You know? <laughs> it, it, you, mean, you mean carrying a baby, Yeah, right? see, she doesn't want to use right? typical English. terms. English. She wants to, to decorate it up with 50, right. 75 cent words in That's this right. case. That's right. And, 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 and so she, if, if she says it calmly and she says it in a, with, with scientific and theoretical sounding words, she thinks that she can get away with the part that actually was transparent, which was forthright, which is, let, let me see if I can do my impersonation of her. She says, well, if I talk like this, I could justify murder because I believe it's a type of murder. But then I also think, this is her talking again, I also think we can murder people at the back end, so we should be able to murder them at the front end. Because she mentioned right. killing at the end. At the end. Embracing way, it. Right, and, and, and it, it, the whole thing is so absurd. First of all, putting aside the debate about killing people on the uh, at the end of life, how does killing people at the end of life justify killing people at the beginning of life? There's at least an articulable distinction. One is the end, and one is the beginning. Of the end. No, well, the end, right. Yeah, <laughs> for, well, her. for her. For her. That's right, Dave. You're absolutely right. So she's like, well, if someone's terminally ill, we can kill them. So if someone's terminally living, we can kill them. Wait, what? All right. We'll come back, talk about this, because it's scary. We'll play that for you one more time. Okay, now, was this after four that you told me? Yeah, it's the top of the fourth right now. Top of the fourth, Hogs seven, Ole Miss one. Yeah. All Ole right. Miss scored one run in the first inning. Arkansas didn't score any. Uh, Arkansas scored four in the second, three in the third. Ole Miss hasn't scored a single run since. Good. That's the way we want to see it. Let's keep it going that way. All right, so let's go back and listen one more time to a feminist Sophie Lewis. Let me just let me tell you what she thinks she is, okay? Let me read this to you. Feminist or Irish feminazi? Yeah, well, she's 
it's just really crazy what she has to say. Um, where is she here? I'm going back again. Here. She calls herself a trans right eco ecological reproductive technological founder. I'll let you try to wade through all that, okay? She literally says that she wants to see all births done through surrogacy. Yeah, because apparently she's just crazy. Yeah, she pretty much is. All right, here's, again, let's go back. This is what the left is thinking. You might say, oh, Dave, it's just one of the people on the left. I'm telling you, I looked at her picture, the young woman. Look, Dave. She sounds like Margaret Sanger. But here's the thing. She says that abortion is killing. Um, I'll give her credit for that, that, I guess. That's my point. She's she's more honest than a bunch of folks on the left. Than Pelosi and Biden and all the rest of them. Who wants to say that if you rip... A baby, and this was a question posed to 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 Trump and to uh, Hillary, Hillary uh, during the debates. If you pull a baby out within the last month of pregnancy, should that be allowed? And Trump said correctly, "That's an abomination." And Hillary said, "That's a woman's right." And uh, and we talked about this, I think, last week when I was on the show. Uh, if the left cannot honestly say. That that's killing a baby because you could easily have a C-section at that point. People do for medical reasons and they take the baby out alive and well Mm -hmm. and then turn it over to the mother and father so that they can raise it. Uh, But but Hillary simply said, well, that's up to the mother. How can that be up to the mother if that if, if that entity, shall we call it, most clearly at that point is a baby? You know, oh, well, when does this? I don't. I don't have to sit here today and figure out when the life starts because I can tell you it's sort of like when you say to me, "Well, is three o'clock in the afternoon night or day?" I'm like, well, it's day. Well, what time does night does day turn into night, Rob? I don't know. Right now, about seven thirty, eight. I'm not sure. Meaning, maybe, maybe we could have a little ambiguity as to the line where it changes. But at eight and a half months old, if you can't say that thing's a baby, bonkers, baby. Okay, now they've started to change the argument again. Yeah, of course they have. All right, they've of started they have. To change Bob and weave, baby. Here, Bob and weave. Here's what came up. I forget. Who the congressman was, he said, so when does that baby have a soul? Yeah, but, you know. See what I'm saying? But here's the beauty of that. My response to somebody when on the left. When it was created. Yeah, well, my response to somebody on the left is, you believe in souls? Mm-hmm. Do you know what a soul is? I'm not talking the fish or the bottom of my shoe. Do you even know what that means? So I, I don't need to have that debate with you. I'm just saying, right. this is what they do. And it's like you say, Bob and Weave. Yeah. Again, here is, I'm going to just tell you, this is what your your sons and daughters are 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 given when they go to college. They hear people like this. A really terrifying attack on abortion in the U.S. where I live, in Northern Ireland and elsewhere. In the past, the strategies that um, our side has tended to use have included a kind of uh, seeding of ground to our enemies. We uh, tend to say um, 
that abortion is indeed very bad, but, or we say, um, luckily it's not killing, luckily it's just a healthcare right. We have very little to lose at the moment when it comes to abortion, and I'm interested in winning radically. And I wonder if we could think about defending abortion as a right to stop doing gestational work. Abortion is, in my opinion, um, and I recognize how controversial this is, um, a form of killing. It is a, a form of um, killing that uh, we need to be able to defend. Um, I am not interested in where a human life starts to um, exist. Um, I see the forms of making and unmaking each other as sort of continuous processes. Um, the other end of the spectrum is the process of learning how to die well and hold each other and let each other go at the end of our lives as well as at the beginning. Um, but looking at the biology of this kind of hemochorial placentation helps me think about um, the violence that innocently a fetus meets out vis-a-vis um, -vis a gestator. Um, and that violence is, is an unacceptable violence for someone who doesn't want to do gestational work. Um, the violence that that gestator meets out to essentially go on strike or exit <laughs> that, that workplace is an acceptable violence. All right. So let me point out a couple of more things that were in that. We are making and unmaking ourselves. Now, what does that exactly mean? Is that meaning that we change our views on what is human and what is not human? Is that, is that what she's saying? That would probably play into her whole thing about trans, uh, you know, sexuals and things of that nature. But the last thing, living, learning to die well. Please, you know, Sophie, explain me to me, when does a person die well? She says that she sees the making and unmaking of life uh, as a continuous process. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm, I'm following up on your apt point because, well, clearly birthing is making of life. Dying is the unmaking of life. I don't know. She sees... Right, she's right. giving birth as being some kind of uh, terrible of thing. Right. Yeah. She calls herself a non-gestator. Yes. Yeah, well, um, okay, I guess that <laughs> Keep means... Keep your legs closed, woman. <laughs> well, I guess that's what it means in the sense that she's not having children. By the way, that's her right. Yeah. She perfectly has a right that's not a per to have That's a great children. way to, to control your body, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but, but she has a right not to have children. But if there is a child, she doesn't have the right to kill it. Oh, and, she thinks she does. Well, she does, right? Because she says, well, you're imposing gestational work. Of course, another fancy word for carrying a baby. You're imposing gestational work, and therefore you as a, as a mother are free to cancel, to quit that gestational work at any time by having an abortion. Here's my question. Are you free to end uh, uh, mothering or parent parenting work? What happens if the baby is three weeks old? You don't have any more gestational work, but you do have parenting work. That infant is entirely helpless. 
if that infant doesn't have someone taking care of it, him or her. Did you figure out what that two-word yeah, hemi- phrase hemi- was? placentation. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> what, what, what does it mean? Uh, I, uh, placentation is a reproductive adaptation that permits fetal growth and development within the protected confines of the female productive tract. I'm reading from a uh, okay. from a um, uh, um, um, National Institute of Health publication. The, I, I think that just means having a baby, right? Okay. Because it, the, 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 the baby implants, right? That's uh, uh, in the placenta. Right. And then it's fed, uh, um, I think, hemichorially. So I think that's all. Again, I think it's just a fancy set of words. By the blood. Right. So through and through a um, uh, the umbilical cord uh, through the umbilical cord, right? So I think it's so. Why f- not say it that way? Right, because then it sounds like it, uh, it doesn't uh, sound smart, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I told you if you speak about killing in hushed tones, the left thinks that it's okay. Oh my gosh, you're you're conscripting individuals into gestational work so we can prevent that. All right, well, can you can you prevent the per- Parenting, parenting work. See, that's the whole thing is you're talking about she uses big words right. to try to hide what she's meaning. She, right. But she allows enough normal speak that you right. understand what she's saying. Like when yeah. she says, learning to die well. Yeah, yeah learning to die well. That sounds like something from a brave new world. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're old, you're sick. We shouldn't be devoting uh, our precious hour. You know, I put in quotes by yeah. the way. Precious resources to your health, Dave. Come on, get out of here. Yeah. Well, what was the movie? Logan's Run. You remember yeah, Logan's yeah, Run? Yeah, thirty from the years 70s? old, buddy. Exactly. Come on, get on the wheel. It's time to spin away. Yeah, what was that? What was that called? That was called. Uh where they went, nobody got through it. That was the yeah, key. Well, it was, they, Everybody died. They, by the way, it's a carousel. Sci-fi, yeah, carousel, a sci-fi movie from the seventies with uh, Farrah Fawcett, in which the people in a post-apocalyptic world lived under a dome. Michael York and, and right. Jenny Yeager, right? And they didn't know they lived in this dome. Uh, and great movie because there wasn't enough space. Uh, they killed you off. That's when people 30. still believed in life. I guess. I mean, seriously, yeah. well, they I don't still know. believed in life. Why it's like Soylent that? Green or whatever. Right. It, people were saying, do you not see where we're going in our society now, well, in our it, culture? It was in, the, it was in the 70s that Roe versus Wade That's was, right. So. And there so. were some people who understood the, the, the tonic shift that occurred yeah. with that. No, it's big. It's very big. Yeah, we got to get a break in. All right, let me remind everybody about PI Roofing and uh, Home Solutions They'll clean out your gutters now. You know, they've been filling, fixing your roof for about 20 years. Uh, they do all of these home repairs of leaks and things in your house that contractors want big deals. They'll come in and take care of the smallest thing for you. All you got to do is call them and talk to them about it. So now, whether it's a roofing job, fixing inside your home where the leaks occurred, or making sure that your gutters are cleaned, you can get it all done with uh, the folks of uh, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Just go to piroofing.com. All right, back with you. Taking a look here. Uh, That's what happened yesterday. It's 8-1 to now, bottom of the fourth inning at uh, the Fayetteville uh, Super Regional Game 3 at Baum Stadium. Uh, Winner goes to uh, Omaha. So, you know, I think the Omahaugs are going back. They need to. There's unfinished business 
in Omaha, and that's called a national championship. Oregon State won't meet us because they're already out of the thing. They're done. They're finished. They're through. Kaput. Zilch. Nada. <laughs> Any other way I can put it? We just want to get we want to get the Razorbacks up there. It's going to be interesting. Right, right now, I'm trying to think uh, who all is is in. Did Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt's going. We. I'm hoping. Yeah, they beat uh, North Carolina. And so it looks like the SEC is going to be. Or did I say Vanderbilt? That's. Let me check on that. Yeah. Who won last night? Does any. You can look and tell me this, Russ. Did UCLA defeat Michigan last night, or did Michigan beat UCLA? In Sorry, you LA? said Vanderbilt. It was Auburn beat North Carolina 14 to 7. Okay. So Auburn's going. Uh, Vanderbilt was in. It was go, trying to go. Louisville's already in. I saw that. So I'm I'm just trying to figure out how many SEC teams are going to be there. Did uh, LSU win over uh, Florida State? I mean, that's or Florida. So that you know the Gators win. So a lot of I'll have to just go to the site and check it out on the on the bracket and see where it's all all at right now. But I just want to give you your parents out there a, a heads up. This is the kind of stuff. It sounds really smart because of the way they say it, but it's really very, very simple. Kill things. That's, that's what it means. You, We can decide to kill uh, babies. We can decide to kill old people or, or anybody, depending on what reasons we're wanting to do it. Yeah, her position's quite clear. We, uh, we should be entitled to kill old people. We should be entitled to kill infants, uh, days or weeks before their birth and the logic extends to we should be able to kill infants after they're born as well yes so that's the logic here so that's why you can't take this kind of position seriously now she says i'm trying to be right now wait a second i'm gonna say you you shouldn't be able to take this seriously but i'm just saying that people are saying this and there's people that are publishing their books and there's people who believe just as well as this woman does he said hillary said in the last election, and we should ask the question of the Democratic nom- nominee uh, when he or she, when we know who he or she is, uh, whether the same question at eight and a half months uh, should there be a restriction on aborting that child? And Hillary's answer was, "It's entirely up to the mother." Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know what? We don't we don't have a law that says it's entirely up to the mother whether to kill the baby at a year and a half. Yeah, after it's been right. you know out right. came out uh, the birth canal. Whoop, you right. know, right? Protect it exactly. Why? So, and it was well. This is women's rights. Well, actually, no, it's not. It's about the right as is recognized in Roe versus Wade. You think that's a lefty opinion, and it and it and it is. But Roe versus Wade recognizes the right of the state to protect the child, even when it's in the mother during the third trimester, and actually, and, and somewhat in the second trimester as well. Um, but the left doesn't believe in Roe versus Wade. Here's the funny part: you might say, "Well, conservatives want to get rid of Roe versus Wade." The left doesn't believe in Roe versus Wade, Dave. The left believes in a far more expansive notion of the ability to kill a baby both before and as we've just heard uh, as implied by this woman after birth. Yes. It's that simple. And that's why I said to you last week, look, we can have 
a reasonable conversation and still come out on opposite ends, opposite conclusions uh, regarding abortion if we can have some common ground. And we have to start with a well, recognition. The left is taking that completely away. Well, that's right. That's my point. And I said, I can't have even a reasonable discussion, even if we come out differently with someone on the left, if they cannot say to me, well, of course, the thing that the mother's carrying is, is uh, alive. alive. Uh, and it will become you and I, and by that I mean adult humans. Uh, the life that is in there is of humanity. And so if you want to debate with me that it's not human enough, it's not person enough, well, we likely will have uh, disagreements, but at least you can start to articulate something based on science, being that the Dems are supposed to be the party of science, and we're supposed to be the flat earthers, but I learned in seventh grade, you put an egg and a sperm together, and you get a baby. Not very complicated. Not a rutabaga. Not a broccoli. Yeah. And, and the left has literally said things like the baby is a parasite, it's a cancer, it's a broccoli until it's born. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that's when God comes in and makes divinely turns it into a human. Yeah, because that's what right. the congressman was referencing right. when right. he When's said when to get a soul. I don't know. How's that? I know, Russ, you say upon uh, consumption. Yeah, but my, my point is, all right, I don't know. How's that? That doesn't uh, my determination as to whether or not you kill somebody is not based on whether or not I can conceive of when, whether it has the, a soul. The best question is a question back to the person who yeah. says that. Yeah, when, when do does you? it have so well, when does a baby become human to you? Right. And and but here's the thing. I think they they would answer when upon birth. Maybe so. Right, maybe, right. maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe a week and a half after. Maybe a month and a half. I don't know. But like, how can you? How can you have that position? That uh, as I, I keep using this example, you know, two weeks before um, natural birth. Oh well, that's only point zero 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 one percent of the cases. Okay. I listen. I'm not making policy yet. I'm trying to have a discussion, and I would like to know where you uh, come out on this notion, so that we can have a reasoned discussion. But if your position is there th- that the mother's carrying broccoli until it's divinely turned into a human when it passes through the birth canal, well, that's that's make believe, isn't it? For the you know, and I say that mockingly, given that the left mocks conservatives for believing in God often. Well, for all of these folks that say, "Well, that's only this small, small percentage." Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I'll, okay. Let's give you that. However, but let's talk about Hillary Clinton said right. up until the moment of birth, basically, and if that's the case, then it could be a hundred percent for all we know. Right, but the point was that late-term abortion is a small percentage of all abortions. Okay, but if we can't even— So why does that matter? Right. Well, and they're like, well, because we're trying to keep the rights for the other times. All right, well, then are you conceding that late-term abortion should not be permitted? Uh, No, no, that's up to the mother. What? You know, the mother doesn't get to choose to kill the baby when it's a week and a half old either, right? So this just well, it's it's human rights is one. It's 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 uh, woman's rights. We are having a discussion about a mother and an entity. You know, we can call it a baby. Yeah. You can call it a fetus. You can call it a banana. Uh, you yeah, know, call I, a fetus. It means little one. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I don't <laughs> care. Right. So, but the point is that if if you can't recognize like we just said the basic science that that is at least 
because I know you're going to jump down my throat, at least at some point, a human life, well, then how can we have a discussion about it? Because you're talking about removing broccoli, and I'm talking about at least at, you know, with the example with Hillary, removing a baby. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, Joe and Brenda will join us from Conduit News. We'll talk with them about should colleges reveal how many donor children they admit and what about those uh, tariffs in Mexico? Did Trump really get anything out of that? I believe he did. We'll hear what a lot of people have to say about it. All right, back with you. I just got this. Let me read it to you. A press conference and remembrance event for former state senator Linda Collins will be held tomorrow at the Arkansas State Capitol. The press conference will begin at 10 a.m. on the second floor rotunda and a statement from the family will be presented at that time. A temporary memorial site will be set up on the first floor rotunda where the public can come pay tribute and respect to Linda's memory. There will be a notebook to leave messages of remembrance. Flowers, cards, and other memorial gifts are accepted and uh, will be given uh, to Linda's uh, family. So uh, keep keep that in mind. Again, that's tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. in the rotunda on the second floor at the Arkansas State Capitol. Uh, There will be a statement at that time from the family and a temporary memorial site will be set up for uh, Linda for the uh, first floor uh, or uh, for a memorial site. So keep that in mind. And I'm going to cut something before I leave today. So that plays tomorrow morning here on the on the station reminding you about it. So uh, everybody who I know there's a lot of people who want to be you know, there for that. I will be there for that. That was just a tragic, tragic loss for the state of Arkansas, of course, for Collins' family and, uh, you know, and a personal loss for myself, to be honest. All right, back with you. Hey, with us from northwest Arkansas is uh, Joe and Brenda from Conduit News. They're joining us, of course, still here in the studio because he just will not go home. It's Robert Steinbach. He's here. Got a couple of things we'd like to talk about with you guys. Uh, first of all, a great story today inside Higher Ed about should colleges reveal how many donor children that they admit. With that in mind, uh, I'm going to turn this kind of over to Robert just to talk a little bit about this. Go ahead, Robert. Look, we conservatives actually believe in the notion of merit and we believe that institutions of higher education uh, I guess even more so for government funded ones but they're all government funded one way or the other let's not kid ourselves Uh, the private schools take millions of dollars in public funding uh, including through accepting student loans Uh, and we have talked about how some of these race-based admissions programs harms the very people they're intended to help because they are not based on merit and they let people in uh, too deep a water to swim essentially and this results in a much higher uh, unsuccessful rate in law school we can see that relative to bar passage well we should also 
not be including things like whether your daddy gave money to the school. And the article that I sent Dave, uh, of course, there was some fundraiser paid by a university who said, well, I don't think it should be the only factor, but it should be a factor. Well, nothing's the only factor because they've developed this so-called holistic review so that you can't even differentiate which factors are important and which factors aren't. Uh, But why should I care whether or not somebody's daddy gave money to the school in admitting that student. Uh, and if you're going to do that, well, then you should put up a big sign that says, we are um, USC, and we admit students based on how much money they pay us to let us in or their family does. Now, to be clear, USC didn't do that. There were some coaches that essentially took bribes to to fake that the student had uh, athletic credentials. Pat Hayden was one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Was it, he not? I That's what I, I think I, I heard yeah. his name mentioned. Yeah. So, uh, but this, uh, I, I, I don't think that it is helpful to consider a variety of these non- uh, merit-based factors, including how much money mommy and daddy gives to the university. And the, and the fact that the, this fundraiser was quoted in the article, and I think it's reflective of views of other fundraisers, is how disturbing the admission process has become. Alabama just recently gave back, I think, $21 million to a donor, Alabama Law School, uh, because they didn't like his meddling in their operations. $26.5 million. $26.5 yeah. They didn't like his meddling in operations, and they were right not to like it. But then when you read deep into the article, you see that the some administrator, let's say the dean, but I'm not sure it's the actual dean, but some dean at the law school said, well, we're happy to have him consult and give his opinions and do this and do that. He just can't control the outcome. Well, there's your mistake right there. You let the camel's nose under the uh, under the tent. No, you want to give money to the school? Great. Thank you is what you get. Thank right. you. And we'll name a building after you. No problem. But that's it. No more involvement. But if you if your family used to own slaves, you can't do that either. Well, that's uh, they, they, they are giving they're, they're taking names off buildings, giving back money. I know. That's, right. Right. It's crazy. They want to take Washington's name. Can you imagine taking the father of our country's name off of a high school? That's unbelievable to me. Uh, the answer to your question is yes, I can imagine it. Well, now, at, <laughs> at, at, this, at this time right. in our culture, I agree. Right. Hey, Brenda. Hey, Joe. How are you all today? Good. We want, we want what do you guys have to say about this? Well, um, you, I, 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 had four, I had four adult children. And there was a little over 20 years difference in our ages as far as, you know, when I finished college and when they started. And so uh, when I, I, I homeschooled my kids, I sent them to public school a little bit and did private school a little bit. So I got a feel for the whole uh, gamut of lower education. But when it came to college, my first child went to private school and then the rest went to a public university. I've never been so shocked. The, the entire focus was how the industrial complex, educational, higher education was there to take money and expected there was no expectation to have to give my child a proper education from those public schools. Now, the private school was a little bit different, uh, but money was the name of the game. It was not about how soon can we get you an employable degree. Well, from my viewpoint, 
Uh, I think Hillsdale is a really good example of a college that doesn't benefit from government money. They explicitly uh, set out to do that. Uh, that's that's where I'm trying to trying to give them money so that my kids can get in for <laughs> without, <laughs> without taking an SAT. No, you're just trying to make sure well, that well, you can afford it now. You're just yeah. trying to pay pay early. Yeah. But you know, to me, the the government and and schools education. You know, never was intended necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to educate your population at, at some level, but they should only fund what are identified national priorities. They need to identify. Here's we need more engineers. We need more salespeople. We need more scientists, and then fund those types of things, not Mesopotamian um, gay culture. You know, no degrees should be funded for anything that's not identified as a national value. And I have said for for many years that uh, Eisenhower spoke of the military-industrial complex, and I don't disagree that that exists uh, to an extent. But as bad as that might be, there's still a reason to have a strong military. Uh, The education industrial complex starts they're trying to start it at pre-k and goes all the way through phd and that is self-serving it's just like a a, another level of government and it has become as corrupt as a government will with almost unlimited resources and almost no accountability and it's got the emotional support of so many people and the vested interest and employs so many people. I mean, if you take the school, the system, and the the rest of government in Arkansas, that's the largest employer by far. Yes, it is. And and you know, there was a recent article that talked about the explosion of administrators and the decrease in teachers because they want to outsource teaching. They want to bring in part-time teachers known as adjuncts. Um, so, you know, someone you know, has a full-time job and uh, does a couple of classes uh, and and basically grow the bureaucracy and shrink the level of teachers. It's across the country. And this is just... Well, that's how you perpetuate these things. That's right. You, you get enough voters that have a vested interest and people vote in their self-interest. Well, I, I remember after we moved to Fayetteville and I had several professor clients to learn that their primary job was to write books and, and do work for the university, not to teach students. You know, they saw very few students. And, uh, you know, that was the goal. You let the grad students have the contact with students. And, you know, that was a surprise to me. And, I, you know, that shows you how naive I was. But, um, had you know, I was a mother that designed my kids' classes, and I got them through in the time period that you're supposed to get through college. Uh, but I, I remember ha- my daughter paying a, for a three-hour course because, you know, at that time she got loans to go to school. And they had a her advisor was, she's an English major, and he was, you know, golf course major. And he advised her, puts her in a wrong class. So she takes this class she didn't need. That was the only one out of the four kids that took something they didn't need. But I was so surprised to find out that's what the public school throws them out there, takes their dollars, gives them the loans, 
so that these schools can just continue to explode mm-hmm. in the complex, not to teach anybody. I mean, it's just, you could go on and on. And now our country's at a, at a state that if we don't do something about these student loans, I mean, what are you, it's really a tax for life for these kids. You know, we've, we've bought them a bill of goods that they're stuck with a huge debt that they can never shake. Yeah, we got to take a break here. Before we go on break, let me share some more information dealing with uh, Linda Collins. Uh, Visitation later this week will be Friday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Sutton Free Will Baptist Church. That's at 5421 Highway 62 West in Pocahontas. Uh, The funeral service is Saturday, uh, June 15th. That will occur at 10 a.m. at the Sutton Free Will Baptist Church, and the burial is a family-only affair. So again, visitation on Friday, 4 to 8 p.m. at the Sutton Free Will Baptist Church. Again, that's 5421 Highway 62 West in Pocahontas, and then the funeral service itself at 10 a.m. Saturday uh, Sutton Free Will Baptist Church, 5421 Highway 62 West in Pocahontas. I'll give you that other uh, rotunda uh, meeting tomorrow. When we get back, it's going to be at 10 a.m., just so you'll know. But we got to get a break in. We'll be back. Uh, Brenda and Joe are with us from, uh, of course, Conduit News. Robert Steinbach is here. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the Bowen School of Law or UALR. And then there's me, Dave Ellswick, and I own all of my own opinions as well. All right, top of the sixth inning at Baum Stadium in Fayetteville. Hawks, nine. Ole Miss, one. Got to love that. It seemed like we're going to be Omaha bound again. Joe, are you ready? Uh, I don't really get excited about that. I've got a business turn. I can't be. <laughs> Razor, no, excited. Razorbacks mean heavy traffic. If they if they do well, it means heavy traffic. That's well, what it means to me. Well, it won't mean. Well, it, you can get some more heavy traffic, and then their season will be over in Northwest Arkansas, and we move to Omaha. Okay. Hey, good call. Yeah, there you go. That works out. I'm happy for the people involved. Yeah, I'm happy for the kids, man. For the for the team. That's a that's a big deal for them. By the way, let me remind everybody, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. in the Rotunda at the State Capitol, remembrance of uh, State uh, Senator Linda Collins, and uh, we will uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, the family is going to release a statement at that time, and then there will be a memorial site set up for you to pay your respects at. So keep that in mind. It all gets underway at 10 a.m. tomorrow. I know I'll be there Brenda and and uh, and Joe, uh, that's such a sad story. We haven't had a chance to talk about it uh, since it happened, and uh, it was a real shocker for everybody. Um, Linda was very close to us as a friend, yep. and uh, it's been a very difficult thing for us. That you know, I uh, I was out of the country at the time, and. Um, it's just very hard, Dave. You know, it's very hard. It's a precious person. She's a you great know, seeing, person. Now, seeing the reaction of people uh, would only extract some negative comments from me, so I'll, I'll, I'll remain silent for now. 
Okay. There's been some stuff on Facebook I just don't get. Uh, people saying, you know, coming up with these wild, wild theories and stuff. Let a person rest, would you? I mean, seriously. Let let them rest. They're, we're going to find out here along the way what has happened. I've got my own thoughts about it. I'm not going to share them, but here's the key. This whole thing about bringing uh, Hillary Clinton in and all the other stuff that's going it's just crap. I'm sorry. It's crap. Don't, I hate seeing this stuff. I'll say this about Linda. She, she was probably, uh, and you can just see this from Facebook, one of the most personal people yes. you'll ever meet and got involved in people's lives and cared about people. But I think I can say this, and I'm not overstating what I should say, but not many people knew about Linda's personal life. She kept that private and mm-hmm. didn't burden people with it. And so, you know, people are, you know, conjecting all this thing, all the, all this stuff. And, you know, they're just coming up with more than I wish they would. But I agree. Anyhow, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. I talked to Linda a few times. I got to know her really well because when she first came out and went from being a Democrat, that's a kind of crazy sound like that. Sounds she said going to say transsexual. So, but no, she, you know, she went from being a Democrat to being a Republican. And I questioned her at David Crow's meeting that he used to have, and uh, I, I just said, you know, tell me that I can believe that you're really, you know, a conservative Republican. She said, watch me, and we became friends from then on. And she. Because I watched her, and guess what? One of the most conservative legislators in the Capitol was definitely Linda Collins-Smith at that time. She was amazing. Really, really was amazing. And when I'd have her on, she could tear it up. I'm just telling you. Used to love having her on because she didn't mince words with people. She told them exactly what she thought. Listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'd like to uh, talk with you all about what the president did with the uh the whole thing on uh, Mexico. I've got uh, Kelly on uh, Conway on that, and I also have uh, Senator Ron Johnson. I'd like to play those pieces for you. I think the president did the right thing. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then I know that you all have some things, and we want to remind everybody: a week from today, you'll be here to talk about your report card. That's just around the corner as well. But right now, let's get the latest news, find out what's going on. They're probably not reporting on the Razorbacks, but they lead 9-1. to one. All right, so the president told Mexico that if they didn't start doing their part along the border, he was going to hit them with 5% tariff. And then it would go up 5% every month thereafter that they didn't do what he felt and his people felt should be done. And the left went crazy. We don't do this to our friends. Number one, I would caution people to call Mexico our friend when you look at the cartels and everything else that's going on down there. And by the way, they say, we don't do this to our friends, but when uh, Trump moved the embassy in Israel to the oh, capital Jerusalem, one. they said, wait a second, what have we extracted from, from Israel? Wait, wait, you, you, have, you extract something from your friends? Yeah. But this is the double speak that the lefties use. Okay, well, let's hear from uh, Kellyanne Conway. Here's what she had to say. Cut number three. 
Right. Uh, so the president has declared a victory with the uh, tariff and Mexico. Uh, and we had some news this morning that apparently uh, the National Guard on Mexico's southern borders already stopped the beast train. There were a couple hundred migrants on it. They scattered. They arrested 25. Uh, it's not a big move, but it's a move in the right direction. It certainly is. And it's owing to the president's leadership, Secretary of State Pompeo and Vice President Pence. They really hammered out a great agreement with Mexico. And there are new features to this because look at uh, the last week in May. We had apprehensions of 5,800 people or crossings of 5,800 people in one day at the border. Mm -hmm. If that happened every single day, you'd be close to 2 million illegals coming this way uh, just this year alone. So Mexico took the president's tariff threat very seriously, and they're starting to take enforcement at their southern border seriously. This is important to both countries. Uh, we now have Mexico doing more than the Democrats who work behind me on Capitol Hill on securing our southern border. Uh, really, this is something the president's working on for a while, remain in Mexico, allowing the asylum seekers to stay in Mexico while their claims are being processed. You had uh, our, our acting DHS secretary yesterday on your network talking about why this is very vital and that the president stepping up on what I think was one of the most phenomenal weeks of his presidency, the UK state visit, the unbelievable stirring speech, best of his presidency at Normandy, and capping off the week with this new agreement with Mexico and the VA Choice Mission Act uh, coming into full force and effect this week at two, uh, allowing our veterans to access right. care in the private sector through private means if they cannot access timely quality care at the VA, which most say they can. So listen, uh, we know the deal the president created a hedge to create an urgency to create Mexico yes. to act. Uh, there's two things that we do not know yet that Tom Homan indicated this morning that his sources say that there's a third country provision in this that's been discussed that you're starting to write up where whatever country you get to first, not ours, you go back to or stay in that country. So could you tell us that? And if there's an agricultural purchase also involved in this deal, because we, we, we hear differing things. I can't talk about all the details yet, and obviously there are some mechanisms that Mexico will need to take care of on their end. But I will t I will comment on the general principle and uh, of the third country. So this would mean that if you're coming through Central America through the, from the Northern Triangle countries, you've got to go through Mexico to get to the United States. The third country means you get to Mexico and you remain there instead of coming all the way up to, to our southern border. Uh, that is very enticing to many people who say that, well, if you're claiming, if, if you're leaving your home countries because you're claiming asylum, you're, you're making a, a, a fear claim, then stay in Mexico where Mexico has agreed in the past to provide a safe passage and economic opportunity and to, to meet the needs of the individuals um, who are there waiting for their asylum claims to be processed. So why not just stay there? Mm -hmm. That is something we've been talking about for quite a while. Uh, really, it's been, it's been part of the president's strategy from the beginning, I'd say for the four years he's been running and, and being president. And here's why. The people behind me at the Capitol, they can fix three things quickly but refuse to. The TVPRA, so we stop recycling these young kids mm -hmm. that are being used by people they're not related to because, you know, if you come with a kid, you're going to get uh, it's easier passage into our country. They can also uh, fix our asylum laws. They can do this on their own, but they fail to do that. And they can also uh, tweak the Flores Agreement or fix the Flores Agreement, which means that we can't, the Flores decision, 
decision it's a judicial decision we can't hold people mm-hmm. for more than 21 days while we're processing their claims we have to release them into the interior of the u.s so failing to do all that the president has taken matters into his own hand talking to mexico and we're very pleased with this agreement mm-hmm. look it has an enforcement mechanism uh, it has Good. an enforcement feature to it because these tariffs can can go on at any time uh, secondly as uh, kevin McAleenan said just yesterday he's never seen this type of law enforcement robustness there's something very different in the way the mexicans have responded to this uh, this latest negotiation and and agreement mm-hmm. that feels and looks differently than the past there you go well how do you guys feel about this brenda and and joe i'm i'm really thrilled that the president you know put the uh, the heat on the mexican government and i don't think this was already in play if it had already been in play the mexican government would have been coming to washington dc to take care of it they came flying into washington dc to take care of it go ahead brenda you first the first thing I heard about this was, you know, a few days ago, and I was in uh, another country and CNN International or whatever. And the first words I heard was, "Mexico's building the wall," you know, and you know they're saying Trump got what he wanted. Mexico's going to take care of it, and so I thought, oh, Mexico's building the wall. And for CNN to say that, you know. And then to see how now they're destroying it. Uh oh, we said something positive. But um, in, in in the Atlanta airport, instead of hearing um, "watch your luggage, don't leave a package," you know how all those announcements. They're now announcing "watch for child trafficking." Wow. And report it. Yeah, and that's the normal announcement you hear every couple of minutes. And I mean, what about loading and unloading in the white zone? <laughs> They haven't mentioned where they're unloading these children, but it's very, you know, things have really changed. Yeah, so, amazing you know, joke. My observation those two. I think it's great. Just generally on the whole subject, I just cannot believe that this nation is arguing about this issue mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I agree. You know, that is the difference between a tyranny and freedom, in my in my estimation. You know, you've got the government for 30 or 40 years, at least, in my, to my knowledge, they do things that benefit the people in power personally. Um, I've said this on this show before, but you, you take, you know, Bill Clinton and, you know, he... He sold us out to the Chinese. Yep. Uh, look it up, the Laurel Space Deal, where mm-hmm. the guidance systems for spacecraft That's correct. was allowed to be transferred. So you've got that. You've got the Bushes. You've got, I mean, all of them sell out for their own personal gain. Uh, people have made billions in China. I mean, Joe Biden, and I'm sure the Bushes and the others have benefited as well. But, but you know, that's, it, it's just beyond my, my comprehension that people don't understand that this is a business guy. He needs nothing. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need to benefit from these deals. He may or he may not, depending on the free market. But likely, uh, as likely as not, is he'll leave the office having less net worth than he entered it, which is totally the opposite of what everybody else has done. And he's trying to do what's right. He knows how to negotiate, which none of these jackals that that I've ever heard of or spoken with from Arkansas all the way up to D.C. have any clue about how to negotiate in a free environment. All they know is using the government power for favors or punishment. That's what they do. Well, and that's so refreshing. No matter what you think about the man, 
that this guy is fighting for what this country is made of. And that's it. But when you have someone who's working from the money they made, they implement different policies than those who are working with money someone else made. And we were talking about that basically a while ago when we were talking about the expansion of the educational industry. And just reading in the paper the last couple of days, and that Walmart had its big meeting, and Bernie Sanders comes to Fayetteville or Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, whatever, and does his announcement and, and rails against the Waltons for, you know, 2,000 times, or excuse me, 1,000 times more that the CEO makes than the employee, but it quoted also an article seeing how much money had been contributed to the Democrat presidential candidates in Arkansas, and nearly every penny came from the younger generation of Waltons. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, now well, see what they're doing with money someone else made. Well, that, that's something that I've, I've noticed in my lifetime is the further away money is used from where it was created, the more liberal its use. You know, what's also interesting about this whole uh, Mexico deal, the press never reported before that there was any agreement between Mexico and the United States to do anything. And now they say that the announced deal is actually a deal that had been agreed to before. Why didn't we hear about it before? Yeah, why didn't they report it? Uh, So remember the presidential, uh, they changed, you know, administrations in Mexico. And remember how suddenly it was night and day down there during November or whatever. Well, it's not business as usual anymore where they have a public stance and then do whatever that benefits the political class in the background. This is, you know, you get what you, you know, you, you see what you get. Yeah, I also, I agree. The reporting, you know, it's just the reporting what we get to hear. Yeah, well, apparently the reporters have stumbled on a bunch of news right after the president uh, uh, and his team announced uh, these new arrangements, and then they discovered that there were some old arrangements that they had been unaware of before. Yeah, I hmm. don't I don't very seldom play from CNN. Right, but cut number six, uh, Russ. Cut number six. CNN talking about the U.S. got almost everything that it wanted from Mexico in this agreement. So let's let's hear from that. Russ, let me get his attention. When's cut the last no- time we heard that said? Yeah, here's cut number number six. That was part of what I heard. In exchange for those stepped-up enforcement deals, uh, the Mexican side also saying that they've encouraged the U.S. to step up aid to Central American countries where the migrants are coming from to improve conditions there. Victor and Christy. All right, Sarah Westwood, appreciate it so much. Thank you. So now there's the additional border enforcement and uh, help in breaking up trafficking networks. The U.S. got almost everything it wanted from Mexico. You know, the talks go on for another three months. The U.S. and Mexico continuing to focus on migrant crossings and asylum issues. All right, so get it? He, he admitted it. They're trying to talk about, well, see, the talks are ongoing, so there's going to be more stuff, evidently, blah, 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 trying to downplay what the president was able to do. And then there was a reference in that uh, discussion where, well, Mexico wants the U.S. to give more money to Central American countries. And by the way, I appreciate that from Mexico's perspective. But (laughs) but I hear the left saying that, well, the real way to solve this problem is to solve poverty. And so, so, wait, wait. So if I'm to understand the position of the left is the only way you can keep 
illegal immigrants from entering your country is by ending poverty throughout the world. That's right. That's all. Absolutely. Brenda, uh, Joe, it's a very simple equation here. All you have to do is end world poverty. So I don't know why you conservative crackpots keep coming out with all of these, um, you know, market-based ideas when there's your answer. Just end poverty, please. They just want to distract us, keep us distracted on those issues while they grow their voter base. Well, of course. But it's, you know, I would agree with them if I could tax those people who say that. Exactly. There you go. But it's just, you if know, I'm it's such people. Then I'm going to solve a lot of problems. <laughs> All right. We got to get our final break in. Let's do that. From Fayetteville, top of the seventh, Ole Miss one, Arkansas 14. All right, don't forget about Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. They are there to uh, insure whatever it is you got that needs insurance. I mean, you know, you're talking about your house, talking about your car, talking about your uh, life, you're talking about your motorcycle, your boat, whatever it is, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency can help you with that. Give them a call, 501-818, or pardon me, 501-819-0373. Bring your insurance policies in. Let them sit down with you and see how much money they can save you and how much more coverage they can give you for the money that you're paying. Uh, You give them a call again, 501-819-0373. Then you'll meet up with them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. Okay, back to uh, this really great show called the Dave Ellswick Show because I've got great guests on like Robert and I have Brenda and I have Joe and I get to sit back and kind of listen to them and learn from them as well. Anything going on in your neck of the woods that we need to know about? Absolutely. There are two great articles on Conduit for Action's website posted the last couple of days, one today, one a couple of days ago. People need to be focused on the 2020 elections. 2022 is coming up when we'll have reapportionments. Speaking of our dear friend Linda Collins, the the article posted today references when the uh, district was redrawn and she she and another conservative Republican, Lori Bennett, were drawn into the same district by BB. And you can kind of see how that works and uh, understand how political enemies are punished by the redesign of the districts. Yeah, that would be this establishment, Republican or Democrat. They don't want any conservatives to thrive in Arkansas, and they will redistrict the conservative districts out. So you look for Scott Flippo, look for Jonesboro to be redistricted in a way that, uh, you know, gives more progressive of both parties uh, power. Uh, you know, that's, that's what people need to pay attention to. And, and, you know, the three people, you got John Thurston, uh, Leslie Rutledge. And Governor. And uh, they're going to redraw the districts, and you know I hope John has a good spine. When does that happen, by the way? What's after the twenty twenty uh, census? Oh, tw- after the twenty twenty census. Okay. 
Yeah, whoever's in office in 2020, their district will be redrawn, and that will be done in 2021, and then the 2022 election will be the first election. Every Senate Senate district will be up for re-election in 2022. People need to read that article because you'll learn how, you know, who will be up for re-election, who will not. In 2020, none of our constitutional officers, state constitutional officers, will be re-elected because they're, they're good for four years, which will take them into 2022. Mm-hmm. And at that time, all of them will. And the sitting, most of the sitting, currently sitting uh, uh, officials will be, you know, term limited. You know, maybe and, that's uh, why, maybe that's why. Check out that Conduit for Action article. Yeah, absolutely. You should, uh, I'm going to look at it. Conduitnews.com. Well. Yeah. Go ahead. And maybe so, that's why well, John. I think it might be posted, but Conduit for Action is where you want to <laughs> make sure you see the articles. And people need to uh, subscribe if they haven't. You can you can just you know get a message uh, 501-292-2683 and text JOIN, and you will be given notice every time there's a new article. And it's 501 501- Two nine two two six eight three. You know, a lot of good stuff coming from Conduit News. I'm sorry, Robert. No worries. No, no, no. I want you to get that in there because I want people to read that stuff. But it it so dovetails with a conversation that uh, all of us had off the air that I was chomping at the bit a bit, which is maybe uh, what you've just described. You and Joe uh, very well uh, described explains why uh, John Cooper up there in Jonesboro is uh, effectively running as a leftist, meeting with anti-gun groups and celebrating that. He's meeting literally, literally with the same anti-gun group that my Democratic senator here in Little Rock met with uh, around the same time. Why? Because John Cooper apparently is running as a leftist uh, because uh, he can't run as a conservative. He doesn't have a conservative of record. He voted for Obamacare. He, uh, he voted against Stand Your Ground. And uh, with the help of Conduit uh, and other uh, strong conservative individuals and conservative groups, uh, Dan Sullivan is going to put uh, um, John Cooper out of a job in terms of being in the Senate. Well, they had a meeting, uh, their county committee meeting, Craighead County met and voted and passed a resolution that they affirmed the the Republican platform, and uh, Cooper stood up and and voiced strong opposition against that resolution. I mean, can you believe? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Against, Brenda, yes, against the platform. It. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I take the sarcasm. Don't get me wrong. Give peace a chance, you bunch of haters. Yeah, we are. What can I tell you? Joe, Brenda, I'll see you next Monday right here in the studio, all right? Absolutely. We'll discuss our scorecard. All right. We're looking forward to it. We can't can't wait. wait. Thank you very much for joining us today here on the Dave Ellswick that Show. That scorecard is going to be an important thing to read. Dave. Yeah, well, we're yeah. going to have them on about right. that. I have family council on when they Very get nice. theirs out. Yeah. Everybody who does one, yeah. I'll have them on. Because well, it's all useful information. Yeah, it really definitely is. is. That's right. It'll That's tell right. you. It will tell you, if you listen to all of them, it'll tell you who the conservatives it are and who aren't. It gives you good sense, right? It, 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 it's a method to acquire information. And, and that's what they are. They aggregate information pursuant to their priorities and say, look, these are our priorities. Take a look at our list. And that's what's good about this show, because content is king yeah, yeah. on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah.
All right. Thank you for coming in, Robert. Always my it's always pleasure. a pleasure for that. Tomorrow, Power Panels in. Jan Morgan will be back. Carl Kimball, Paul Calvert, they'll all be here. And the Bible Guys. Don't forget, send your questions to BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. What is it now? 14 to 1, top of the 8th. 14 to 1, top of the 8th. It's just a matter of time. Can you imagine being an old Miss Rebel right now and having to trudge out to the field knowing that you don't have a chance? Terrible. Going to Omaha, folks, with the Razorbacks. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.